tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Good morning. Welcome along to Tip Today. 1800-938-007, our free phone number. It doesn't cost you to make a call. And Emma is looking after the programme today. Coming up on this morning's show, more reaction to Ooh-Ah Up The Ra. County Board chairman, chairman on the discussion around game time for youngsters and coaching as well. For this week's Down Your Way, Eamon is at St Anne's in Ross Grey. We'll have a little taste of that for you. And our Friday panel will unpack the big topics of the week. So all of that and much, much more on the way. You can text and WhatsApp 083 311 You can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Look at what's making headlines today. The Irish Indo telling us 280,000 still facing tax bills over pup benefits. Hundreds of thousands of people have yet to contact Revenue to sort out how they will pay tax owed on the pandemic unemployment payment received during lockdown. Also on the front of the Indo today, the family of Father Niall Malloy um, have said that his debt in uh, 1985 was the result of a row over money and had absolutely nothing to do with a rumoured affair between him and the suspect's wife. Now, as you probably saw during the week, RT Investigates this week suggested that businessman Richard Flynn inflicted several punches to Father Malloy's head in a confrontation over the priest's uh, relationship with uh, Mr Flynn's uh, wife. But Father Malloy's nephew, Bill Maher, told the Indo that the priest's family are very upset. Documents documents, uh, used by RT have resurrected false rumours. The Irish Daily Mail telling us to save up for Christmas. Households uh, need to start saving for Christmas now, experts have warned, as uh, 12 months of non-stop price hikes continue to hit us in the wallet. I was speaking to um, Brian Warfield of the Wolf Tones yesterday about his song because he wrote um, the Celtic Symphony and of course it's at the centre of that row over the soccer uh, women singing that in the dressing room. Well, it's uh, an ill wind that blows good for somebody because the Wolf Tones song has now soared to top of the Irish charts. It is now number one. It's interesting, isn't it? The Irish Times, Ireland will fail to meet EU water quality a goal warns the EPA. Ireland uh, failing to meet the EU and national goal of restoring all waters, including rivers and lakes, to good or better status by 2027. The Environmental Protection Agency has warned, saying that agriculture was having a disproportionate uh, impact on declining standards. And uh, on the front of the Times, in international news, the Congressional Committee investigating the attack on the US Capitol on January 6th last year's to subpoena uh, the former President Donald Trump for testimony and for documents. And good luck with that. Um, The Irish Examiner and their um, headline is uh, Overcrowding Experts for CUH. Wait wait till you hear this. I mean, talking about throwing good money after bad. The very same team of HSE experts sent to University Hospital Limerick in a bid to tackle chronic overcrowding will be deployed to Cork University Hospital and Galway University Hospital, according to Health Minister Stephen Donnelly. It's a kind of a 
task force that's supposed to do something about overcrowding. And we know how successful they've been in University Hospital Limerick. Anyway, finally on the examiner today, the best place for households renting in the private market is to um, live in one owned by a vulture fund. The chairman of the Residential Tenancies Board has said. So that's a quick look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today. Now, as I said yesterday, we spoke to Brian Warfield of the Wolf Tones about the video that circulated on social media showing the victorious Irish uh, women's soccer team celebrating in their Hampden Park dressing room after the game and singing ooh-ah up the ra. Now, the line, as Brian told us yesterday, originates from the Wolf Tone song, The Celtic Symphony. It's marked a lot of engagement from our listeners. And Peter joins me now. Peter, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. How are uh, you today? Uh, I'm very well indeed, Peter, and thank you for your time. What did you make, first of all, of the chant in the dressing room? Uh, I don't know. It's a little, it's a lot of in a teacup. Um, really, where I have the problem with the whole thing is whatever clown went in there with the video and uh, yeah. released it out. Mm. The deck, it's to just the girls. They had a brilliant, brilliant win. And I think the whole country should have focused on the win and focused on our ladies for once uh, should have been getting the right um, type of um, publicity, not this rubbish, you know. Mm, And this was a private celebration among themselves. And you're right, very few people are making that point that, you know, who released this video and why was it put up there? And, you know, was it done with a a bit of mischief, do you think, or was it just showing genuine celebration in the room without thinking? I'd say anybody that's actually video something and puts it out to um, social media mm. that had some sort of an agenda, you know. Mm. And it's uh, like those girls have come from nowhere in the last five or six mm. years. Okay. The, the last controversy was with that they had to take their gear off and give it back to them. That's right. FBI. No, uh, little or no resources know, for little them. Little or yeah. no resources. And now we have qualified for our first World Cup ever. And... Um, all we're talking about is a song that's sang every weekend, I'd say, across the country in every in every disco and pub session, you know. So it's this is just another song. Like people are just making a a complete mountain out of out of nothing and just set up is the way I'd look at it. Yeah. yeah, I think anybody that thinks that the girls were in any way supporting the actions of the IRA by singing this chant, I think, really need to, to, to have a talk with themselves. Totally. Because I'd say most of those girls weren't even born when the Good Friday Agreement was signed. Yeah. Never mind when the real trouble that I think yourself and myself would remember, yeah. friends from yeah, that. But, sure. um, yeah. yeah, but so, so I, I, I really think that it's um, just somebody just trying to keep this wound up, and, and there could be a little bit of uh, jealousy that our ladies, for once, have actually brought us to a World Cup and that are showing up. The, the male folks, I suppose, to a certain extent, and um, this is another way of trying to keep them down, you know. What did you make of the Sky Sport interview with, uh, what, what's your man's name, yeah. Rob Rob Walton, or whatever yeah. his name is, yeah? Well, you see, Ireland have just had to beat in Scotland. Mm. So, like, they're sick, they're sore. Mm. Like, it's all, there's no way, um, there's no way level at all. Like, it's all a biased interview, and, and it's, it's just they were so sore and sick after we beaten them that they wouldn't have to cope with us. And, you know, it's just what, to me, what I make of that, like, you know, it's like Sky mustn't have too much to be reporting if this is... Yeah, and, and out, so, you, you know, know, your man, we played the clip yesterday and your man, Walton, whatever his name is, hmm. he, he decided to say 
you know, do you not need to be educated in some way? Imagine the... the, the... <laughs> Yeah, they don't show too much education most no, times, the, no, the crowd sure. and sky, you know. So yeah. um, it's another little way of trying to put us down, trying to... But you, you make another interesting point, Peter, that, mm. again, I haven't heard made all that much, is that, mm. you're right, they were after beating Scotland, and this song is the Celtic Symphony, which is essentially about people in Glasgow. So again, that just puts another thing that the girls were, were singing it by way of a little bit of derision against Glasgow without any political uh, intent yeah. whatsoever. And, and you can be right, sure. Like the songs that were sang on, on, on the stadium that night. Like the, all of those wouldn't have been um, wouldn't have been uh, complimentary of our country or our people or our anything more like. So it is, it's just a game. It's what you do at soccer matches. It's the sing, the chant. Mm. And you're You'd seen it only the week ago when Liverpool, when Rangers came to Liverpool. Yeah. Like yeah. they, they um, sang and chanted, and the Liverpool gave them their own back, and that all just went on. And you know that's what happens. And but has it put a small bit of a shadow over an amazing, wonderful victory? Only if you let it, because anybody like yourself, anybody that is making a major ordeal of the girls um, sing and celebrating a little bit after their major win, um, you know, there's a problem with mm. Yeah, And the only real problem I would have with the song on the night in the dressing room was I was delighted that they were going to play soccer better than their singing. But <laughs> 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 that, that was the only real problem. They, with won't, them, they won't be going on X Factor or anything. No, no, I'd say stick to the soccer, yeah, stick to the football. <laughs> both, <laughs> both James and Martin were on to say that they're fairly yeah. sure that the girls themselves, was one of the girls themselves put out the video. So obviously no, I mean, the, the only object there was to show that there was great celebration going on in the, in the Well, if it was one of the girls themselves put out the video, she was yeah. obviously wasn't in the group that were singing this because you'd made some job in making a video or if you were moving your hands up and down and dancing, <laughs> or that's the video I watched anyway. So yeah. I don't really know what they are, you know. So do you think just just get on with it, Peter, as far as you're concerned? Yeah, yeah, sure. So they're just another way of probably of filling up a week of, thank God, like everyone, everyone had a very sad week since this day last week and um, the terrible things that are going on. So I suppose people are looking for something to to kind of um, lighten up the whole of course. thing as and, well. And you know? before this happened, I mean, the the girls paid such a wonderful tribute to Chrysler. Of course, And, yeah. and yeah. Uh, what happened there as well. I suppose yeah. the only good thing out of all of this, and I mentioned it earlier, I'm not sure if you heard me, but the Wolf Tones are now back at number one in the country with the Celtic Symphonies. <laughs> You see, it's it's a it's a bad wind that doesn't blow good for somebody. You know? <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> Peter, it's, really, uh, really good yeah. to talk to you today, Peter. No, no bother, Frank. Take care, mind thank yourself. You. Bye you bye. too. Bye thank bye. you. Bye bye. 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 You now, eighteen hundred nine three eight double o seven. Now, for those of you who got up early, uh, set your clock for Johnny Luby. Sadly, Johnny is a little under the weather uh, this morning because he was making his way back from Elvor in uh, Portugal and he got held up. Uh, a few times, in fact, he got held up, I gather, in the airport and also got held up in, in Cork. There was some sort of delay in the uh, tunnel. So he's a little tired and emotional this morning, but he assures me that he will be back with us in great style uh, next week and we'll be able to slag him about that as well. It's uh, 17 past nine right now. 
Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. And you're welcome back to uh, Tip Today, 1800-938-007. To speak to Emma, it won't cost you, it's a free phone number. And you can text on WhatsApp 0833 Cathy um, has an interesting text to us. She says, the sporty ones at school were never the brightest, Fran, but you'd want to be pretty dumb not to understand the significance of up the IRA. Um, somebody else saying to us, seemingly according to a report in the Indo, it was one of the Irish squad that posted the video of the celebrations and she is devastated, according to Vera Pau. And uh, B was on to us today that, Fran, the only uh, people that need to apologise are the FAI, the girls' coach and that Sky reporter. Obviously, these people don't know anything about our past history in this country. The girls have nothing to apologise for and people need to learn about our history before making any comments, says B. Let's go to Una now. Una, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed and thank you for coming on with me, Una. You you think the, the Sky reporter treated her really, really badly? I do, I do. Um, first of all, can I just congratulate the Irish women's sure. team on, on making history for our country. Um, and that Sky reporter has has come across as a bully, a bully on the, on the t- TV, bullying a girl that wants to talk about what they've done as a sporting achievement, not about uh, some silly video that was posted. Probably, I, I feel sorry for the girl that posted it on group chat, but if the media hadn't run with that video, They've run with it and passed it all over the media. So people are now upset because they hear the song that's been sung. It wasn't meant uh, in any malice. And it's taken away from the one achievement that those girls uh, have done. And I just I just think the whole thing is ridiculous. And no apology was needed as far as I'm concerned. There was no apology needed. It sang in colour in clubs and pubs up and down the country Absolutely, week in, week Every, everywhere at the end of a night even, even when you know a club or pub might be playing rock music or dance music or whatever always at the end of the night there'll be a sing song and somebody will be singing you uh, up the ra exactly exactly and it's not meant as malice it's part of our history it's part of our culture and I'm tired as an Irish person I'm tired of listening to people making us apologise for being Irish we're Irish at the end of the day we're going to celebrate our 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 achievements we're going to celebrate in whatever way we feel is fitting for us um, and as I say like yes that girl posted that video probably on some so- social media platform mm. but it's, it would probably would never have been seen if the media hadn't gone and plastered it all over the, well, the, in, television, the whole in, f- in fairness to the media, Una, I mean, it did, because of the nature of the celebration and because people got all excited about the victory, it did gain huge traction just on social media itself. I mean, it was everywhere before anybody found a fault with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but like, yes, the nature of the celebration and people need to remember this. And how dare that Sky reporter turn around and say that we need to be educated on our history. Yeah. So we don't need to be educated. I think uh, I think he needs to go back and educate himself. Like the English will sing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot" in, in Twickenham, mm. which is a, a pro-slavery song, mm. and there's nothing about it. Yeah. And it's uh, sung every time they're out. 
like people are just getting too it's all been turned on to politics and it should never have been it's about Ireland with a brilliant victory and let the girls celebrate and let them enjoy their victory and let us enjoy it is is there a little bit of a shadow over the victory though for this because well, of this, well, maybe so now because uh, because all we're hearing about is about the song. Yeah, there's nobody talking about what they've achieved, um, and I think everybody needs to to rein it in and just talk about what the girls have achieved. It's fantastic for women. It's fantastic for Irish soccer, and stop apologising for pay, for the girls celebrate. They're celebrating. And they're not so- meaning. They're not doing it as a, out of malice. It's yeah, just songs, a celebration. Songs that are sung in celebration anyway. I mean, Mick makes a very good point here and he's speaking about the Galtie Mountain Boy, you know, that, that we yeah. might all sing. Or A Nation Once Again, for for example. Exactly. Or even Grace. Or the, and, and if you go and translate uh, Around the Vian, for example, it's particularly bloodthirsty and we all sing it all the time, you know. Exactly. And, and I mean... The English are coming out there like uh, about, the, oh, there's a, it's a pro-IRA song. There's nothing pro-IRA about it. It's just a song. It's been sung as just a song. It's a celebration. It's sung, as I said, up and down the country, week in, week out, everyone is singing it. Like, why jump on the bandwagon? Like, And why... Like, he came out there and I, to interview that girl. He didn't talk about their achievement in soccer. As a Sky Sports presenter... It should have been about the sport. And don't badger her into making apologies and uh, telling her that she needs to be educated or that the girls need to be educated. They don't need to be educated. He needs to be educated on etiquette, on television. But funnily and, enough, I think it swayed popular opinion when they heard the tone of his interview with, with them, you know. I mean, it was so typically British and stiff upper lip and, you know, condescending and uh, all of that. Yes, that very I, condescending. Yeah, it, it really turned uh, people's attention, I think, uh, to that more than anything else. But the funny thing is, like, people that probably weren't paying too much attention to what was going on in the soccer world or um, suddenly they are going in behind the girls. This is the one good thing that has come out of it. Mm. Everybody's behind those girls. And if you go on Facebook and all the, the articles that are up there, everyone is saying they didn't have to apologise, they shouldn't have had to apologise. And the most damning thing is they're all saying that Sky Sports presenter needs to apologise. And I do think he needs to apologise for the, the tone of his his interview um, to those girls. And of course, the other thing is my old friend Derek Warfield was, was on, well, Brian Warfield was on with me yesterday. And... Um, you know, they're number one on the charts now. So now everybody's going to be singing this song. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Everybody is singing the song now, even more so than they were before, if if that was possible. And it's gone to, as you say, it's gone to number one. It's kind of backfired <laughs> a little bit on everybody. It's gone to number one. And uh, I know I have a I have the Carrick Bag in here in, in Carrick on Shore. I'm running that. And... I'll tell you one thing, to be played in there too <laughs> at the weekend. And there's no, I'm not going to apologise for that. It's played every weekend. Oh, that's, that's, that's your place there, Rune, is it? it o- is. Over the it bridge is. there, yeah. Over the bridge, yes. Oh, sure, I know yes. it well. I know it well. Yes. Great house for crack and music and stuff. Yes, like that. Yeah, yes, okay. and uh, bringing it back to that now. Well, no, I hope I hope if you if you sing that over the weekend, you won't have to come on and apologise for it on Monday or anything. Oh, right? well, I'll tell you one thing, Frank, there's been no danger of me ever <laughs> apologising for that. <laughs> I will never apologise for singing it. <laughs> oh, listen, a lovely pub there. We wish you the best, Una. Thanks very much for coming on with me today. You're very Thank welcome, you. Thank Sorry, you. Frank. Thank you. Bye-bye to you, though. That's uh, Una speaking to us today uh, about that. Let us go back to the phone lines and Declan is there for us. Declan, good morning to you. 
Morning, you, you're saying to us, Declan, that uh, Sky reporters can't talk about education at all. No, that's uh, extraordinary. But it, it, see, unfortunately, Sky sponsor the Irish ladies, of course, uh, the yes. and they have to give interviews. That's that's the same as any soccer players. When you see, like some of these guys want to celebrate with their friends and the guys and the friends, whatever, but they have to come over, captains and everything, and speak because that's in all their contracts. It's, it's all part, part of yeah. it. And I presume that's why they came out so quick to apologise as well, because after all, these are their oh, sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. But as you hear that, I went to report it, but I mean, a young girl like that isn't going to turn around like Frank Gurley or Declan here to, to turn around with, I would have just said to him, and what about your education? Yeah. I said, you remember your Prince Harry when he dressed up as in a Nazi uniform to go to um, a party? God, I had forgotten about that. He did um, indeed, didn't he? he? What was going through his head now to do that? Exactly. So would would an Irish reporter, if an Irish reporter came out and said, would you not go and educate yourselves on your past history and that your own prince is dressed in a Nazi uniform? He'd go over the papers and all, media and He's a young boy, he went out, he thought at the time. But I actually remember on your show you were talking about that at the time. Do you remember mm. there was people ringing in? Yeah. But yeah. that's there. So this is a little song, but look, it's taken away from the girls. It's a pity. It's, um, it, it look, it'll blow over after a week. It'll be gone again. Be, and they can get on next year with their training and whatever. And it, it, it's, it's just news. It's just what they want is news. And it's right that we hadn't done it all in the whole lot. I mean, that's so sad and whatever. A stupid little song like this. Absolutely. And and the beautiful, dignified way that they paid tribute to the people of Creaselaw as well, I thought was so so gorgeous. And it's a pity that didn't get the headline. No, and the young girl, the the Donegal girl that scored the goal, I mean, this should have been major news, but Sky turned it all around. They they put in the negativity of of everything over the wind, the moment, like there was no picture on the paper of her kissing her black armband and whatever thing. And the emotion, no, no, it had to be about this song and all that. But then again, it goes back to what you were speaking about earlier. Who, like, if, if I'm down in Tip FM studios and Santori decides to pick his nose over the corner, I film that and I put it up. Mm. I mean, that's what's wrong now. Everything. If, if you go into a swimming pool now and you're in a, in a dressing room and there's people on mobile phones, or whatever, they could be filming you in the show and whatever. They put up a thing like, this is what's happening. The, the whole thing has gone out of control. I, I, I have huge problems with that, to be honest with you, Declan, because I know as a musician as well, there's there's blooming videos in your face all of the yeah, time while you're trying to play time. live. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, why people can't just sit down or dance and just enjoy the thing with that, it, you know? That's what's gone. But so that's why all the pub quizzes are gone as well. I mean, you can ask any question now and you just Google the answer. Yeah, I know. I know. And they used to be so much fun and they're only gone. When we grew up, it was all that... Kind of, but uh, I think I wanted to say to you, fam, while I'm on to you, yeah. because you've been talking about the GEL all week sure. and rugby and everything and all that. Um, I used to coach girls in the local rugby, and um, we're just yeah, losing yeah. you a little bit here and there, Declan. Like, just with you, okay. yeah. Sorry about that. No, no problem. And you, um, you used to coach, yeah. I used to coach the guys. My own daughters used to play and, and uh, whatever, and, uh, and like I did on both did coaching courses and I went here and there and then started uh, the girls had a lovely rugby team up there with her. but one day I was coming out at uh, Saturday morning and um, the girls were they were all gone and all the boys were gone and right you're not going to name anybody for me no, now oh god okay. no no okay. nobody oh god mm-hmm. no, no no yeah. and 
I was closing the gate and there was a young boy sitting on the wall on his own and I said to him, I'm sorry, he said, I'm waiting for my mummy. And um, I said, to the, but what time do you finish training? They finish at half twelve. So this is about ten to five to one. So I locked the gate and I sat on the wall with him and another 25 minutes went by and she arrived. She got caught up having a cup of coffee and with her friends and all that. But then you're looking at a baby. Some of these clubs are looking at babysitting, but she forgot about her young child. Now, I didn't have to stay with her. nothing to do with the, the, the boys. Or yes. I used to go. But I stayed with him just to be careful. And that's always stayed in my memory. That's years ago. I said that young when I was in college or whatever. Then. Or yeah, it's, a, it's a, a very good point because, you know, coaches got a bit of flack during the week and coaches are often seen and, and indeed volunteers are seen as babysitting services. Yes, 100%. I've said, I, I saw it all down to the end or whatever and dropped them off. And I mean, what, what I used to find very sad was the parents that never turned out for matches. Yeah, yeah. And our child putting in such an effort. Like we travelled everywhere. We were down Middleton, Clonic, Hilti. We'd go everywhere with the girls. Now, it's okay. I was coaching as well and my two daughters were playing. So I had a huge involvement in it and I was mm. very happy. And uh, we had a great bunch of girls at the time. And then when they went down to college, they won college rugby, the All Ireland and everything. All of the, They were all brilliant girls at the time. But, the world was, but the, what I used to feel so sorry for was, was the girl that was out there celebrating and a mammy and daddy running on and hugging and kissing mm. her child. Mm. And another child there with no one. With no one else. And can I ask you, Declan, because your own children were on the teams and you were coaching, was there ever a conflict of interest there? Well, what I I often dropped them off the team. I often did you? If they were, yeah. if they were, yeah. My own daughter said that if they weren't playing well, so uh. I put somebody else. Uh, I all the girls. I always played the girls. I, uh, that's one thing I always did. But then again, you know, it's a funny thing to say, but. They were great to coach. They were all kind of family, and yeah. they said, "Put her on instead of me, or she's better than me." <laughs> right. And I said, "No, I have to start you in that position. I have to start you now." Oh no, would she not be better in there? And I'll come on after half time if you want me to. That's the way they were. They were great bunch, you know. So I never had much problem that way. But all the guys got a game, no matter who they were. Oh, didn't right. matter. And even and even if they weren't good, they were shoved in in the middle. They always got game time. But we used to play lots of challenge matches and. We just go away for weekend um, rugby trips and everything. Yeah, and so it was a social, a social thing. A as social well, thing. Lee Daly used to bring us up to Nester to play their, their yeah. girls in their club and everything. We had some great times, you know. There were different times, but it, it's what a coach, and you can bring the fun factor to the game as well. And that and that's so important, Declan. Thank you for that because it gives no, another no, angle no. to our discussion during the week. No, thank you, no, thank you so thank much you. indeed. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye to you now. That's uh, Declan with us uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to, to James now. James, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed, James. Uh, what's your take on the whole hoo ha around up the ra? Well, I, I just, uh, out from that, what I find strange is how quickly we've forgotten about the terrible chanting that was done about Michaela McElravey or Michaela Hart Absolutely. in an orange hall. That's true. That's true. I I had that forgotten was, about that, to be honest with you, James. But that's not that long ago. Would you just remind people about I, that? Uh, it was a chant about her murder. And, it was, yeah. And about the Hart family. And, uh, like, it was a skit almost. Or a, or a, and that's only a few months ago, isn't it? A few months ago, yeah, a few months ago. And there was a quick apology and Jeffrey and all the boys come out and said it shouldn't have happened. So, like, I mean, they shouldn't be so pompous now about what was said in uh, in the heat of the moment. Like, it wasn't directed at anybody in particular, where the other was actually 
directed at a particular family. Yes. You know, it was a completely different thing. It was a personal attack. This was a, a I suppose, a foolish, understandable. If anybody, anybody that plays sport, I think, would, would understand that after a match, people are as high. I don't mean high in the yeah. wrong way. Yeah. They don't think. They don't think. And all they had was one person to say that, and suddenly they all joined in. And I think it was a girl who was part of the squad who took the picture, a young girl, and posted it inadvertently, thinking nothing of it. And, yeah. of course, when Sky get on it, it suddenly becomes a world disaster. Yes, and it becomes... Or the start World War Three or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and they got on it so quickly as well, you know, that it was... Well, I thought your man's question had to be the question of the year, do you need education? Wow, wow. You know, like, I mean, that was difficult. I like the, he asked the same thing, I think, three times yeah. in different ways, you know. Just, I, I thought she was well able for him, though, in terms of she made her apology. She, her tone was just right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it, no, it, no, it, 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 it very well. Yeah. It was very well. Like, I mean, and Vera Paul and, and all of them that were interviewed had it very, very well. But I suppose that's just the power of the press if you make a mistake, isn't it? But I, I just remember so clearly about the Hart family. And, well, I'm glad and you brought that up because I, I had forgotten all, all about that. Um, yeah, well, that's what comes to my mind first when I heard them, when I heard the, the, the across the water, them banging on about it, and in the in the north, banging on about it. That was a really personal attack, and it blew over quite quickly with a, with a couple of high profile. It, indeed, it did. And it was in an orange hall, in in fact. And James, the police were supposed to look into that and investigate that. I'm not sure if anything came from that either. I wouldn't even think they looked into the hall, France. Yeah. No, there no chance, no chance. Like I mean, that's almost acceptable in that situation, and and that that was the one that was highlighted. And many more of those go on every weekend. And that was that during was the function. centenary uh, celebrations as well in Northern was, Ireland. Uh, in a function hall, yeah, in yeah. a function hall, and and there were mostly young people that were chanting. Yeah. At that as well, there were mostly so. Like I mean, it wasn't you know they're saying we should forget about it and all the rest. The young ones down there haven't forgotten about it. It was it come naturally to them, or from what I saw of it, it seemed to come very naturally to them that they were very, very quickly on the on the on the job, and that wasn't something that just dropped out of the sky or they copied from somebody else. That had been rehearsed. That particular one had yes. been rehearsed because they had the words. They had somebody had made it up or composed it or Absolutely. whatever you want to call and, it. And that was genuine hate. I mean, that was the real deal, wasn't it? Well, I didn't see any excuse there other than the, the only excuse was that it was the person or the family that was involved, that they just had that bitterness towards them, yeah. that hatred towards them. It indoctrinated into them. I know. Indoctrinated into them. And yeah. you know, that's, that's my tuppence worth for well, one Well, and, and an excellent tuppence worth it is too. James, thank you for reminding me about that. Thank Thanks, you. Friend. Thank you. Good Have morning good to you. That's uh, James this morning. How do you feel about that? 1800 938 007. The text and WhatsApp uh, this morning 083 311 Fran, just wait until next year. You can be sure that every pub in Ireland and uh, the stadia in uh, Australia, New Zealand will be belting out Uvira uh, uh, at every Irish game. It will be our new anthem. And that comes in from Anne, who's in Thurnless today. I'd say you could be right on that, Anne. And um, with the song now. At number one, uh, every public house, I would imagine, this weekend in the country is going to be uh, rocking with that. Um, I agree with that lady. I didn't see the interview, but I can imagine the tone. I'm British, but I don't think...
he had any right to be in any way taking the high moral ground. My thoughts on it are um, what happens in the dressing room should stay in the dressing room. I would go along with that. Uh, congratulations to the Irish women for making history for their country, says Mary. Uh, Frana would call on every club dressing room this weekend to, in Tipperary to give a blast of that song to support the girls. Uh, Fran, it's very ironic that uh, the British are now finding it offensive when historically the most tyrannical, murderous uh, crowd in world history, says James, um, uh, being very upfront this morning. Uh, the media giving it too much hype, including yourself, Fran, have no interest in soccer and I'm sick of listening to it all. Somebody else saying maybe Rob Walton uh, had one of his family or friends blown to bits by the IRA in Birmingham that prompted him to make that comment about history. Who knows? Anyway, it will be all right if we all remain collectively incensed by the remark. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to uh, Tip Today. Liam joins me now. Liam, good morning to you. Good morning. Um, good morning, Liam. How are you today? Good. You, you have a comment for us, Liam. Oh yeah, I think they should they should put that at the last verse of the national anthem. You know, just as, as it's finished, and like you, th- you think it should be added to the national anthem. Oh, oh yes, yeah, definitely yes. Oh. yes. And why do you think that should be the case? Well, because if someone's gone, then like the, the troubles are over in the north. Why not? You know. And that it would have everybody singing along with it. Is that it? Yeah, of course, of course. It would, would be great. Give it a great, great, great. Uh, to be very something to look forward to, like to, to polish it off the national anthem. You know? Do you think so? And is that because you know, in a match, most people start talking towards the end of the national anthem anyway? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So this to would be really, to, to really polish it off. I, I suggest that they include it in the national anthem. Right. right. Do you ever yeah. do you ever sing it yourself? Oh God, I would. Yeah. <laughs> and and what do you make of what's happening about all the controversy about I, the girls I think singing? Greatest load of baloney was ever ever herself. It's a pure jealousy. That's all it's all. Trying to trying to give Ireland a bad name again. They're trying to mess up things, you know, pick out little things like that. It's pure ridiculous. Je- jealous yeah. about the victory, you mean? Is it? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone acting the fool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, as far as you're concerned, anyway, there should be. It's all a load of nonsense. Is that it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay, Liam. And- Fair. We're entitled to sing them songs, you know. All right. Do you do you sing some yeah. rebel songs yourself, Liam? I would, yeah. 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 All right. All right. Look after yourself, Liam, and thanks very much indeed for that. That's Liam. He thinks uh, not only should we sing it, but it should be added to the national anthem as well. What do you what do you make of that? Let's go to Claheen now and to my old friend PJ English. PJ, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. And good to talk to you today. PJ, I was taken with a Facebook post you had last night. What happened about the plinth? outside of the community hall there. Yeah, well, I'll just uh, have a bit of history on it. Uh, Con Ryan, as you, you all know, um, he was over the rural social scheme about 10 years or more. And um, Clahean Tidy Towns were in contact with him about uh, doing a, a loop walk. And myself and Con walked th- this uh, certain loop. It was about five miles. And... Um, so we, we talked to the lovely loop and we went with it and Con got this lovely uh, plinth in concrete 
Um, he got it made for us and it was put up on the wall as you go into the Clahine Community Hall, just on the right-hand pier. Mm. And it was there for years and years and years. And we don't know when it was removed. And that's the removed it was because there was bowls and there was everything and they had to go to a good bit of work to remove it from the wall. And um, it's just, we don't know when it happened and uh, it's just gone. And I'd like to ask your listeners if they know anything about it. it it's not a light um, plinth, it's a stone, heavy stone plinth. And on the plinth, it's the whole map of Clahine Loop Walk. Right, so it's a very special piece, and as you say, it's it's heavy. Why would somebody take that? I mean, would it have a monetary value, do you think, PJ? No, no, no I, I wouldn't say so. It's yeah. uh, just that, um, I don't know, I can't, and I was talking to other people in Maple Islands and that, and we can't figure out why it would be removed from the wall. And and the bolts, uh, we looked at it just now, the bolts are still in the in the pier, where, where it was just pulled out from the wall. And, and gone. But it would take a fair bit of strength to do that, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. It wouldn't, one person, I'd say, wouldn't lift it anyway. Do you know? So there was two or whatever, and, and looking around, there was no um, the cameras. There was no cameras on that area. Mm. Do you know? And uh, so we're just dumbfounded how it's gone. And hopefully it will be returned, or it will turn up somewhere, or someone might have taken it down for some reason and forgot to put it up. I don't know now, you know. But I can't think of any reason that somebody would, would take it yeah. down without permission. And it's right in the middle of Laheen, so you'd imagine yeah. that somebody would have been seen doing this. Or... Yes, well, people don't know about it as of yet. It only kind of came to our attention there with the last week or two. Mm. And, um, you know, so maybe people will, will go back in their minds and just uh, say, God, I saw a fellow removing that or a person or whatever. Do you know, and it's it's kind of after destroying our walk because mm. this plant was advertising our walk and during summer with Pastors Green and the visitors mm. and all, they look at the amount of people that would you would see looking at the plant and seeing the walk and then taking off on the walk. It's it's out the V road. The walk is over along the mountain, mm. down by the Belly Point Road and back into Clahine. And it's all signposters and it's all everything. But we're missing the advertising uh, lint mm. for it, you know. And is it a possibility that it's just plain vandalism, BJ? For example, is it? I wouldn't say so. No, I wouldn't say so. Do you know? No one else could use it. Yeah. You know, it is Clahine Loop and it is all the the names of the different townslands on the loop and no one else could use it. So we just baffled as as to where it's gone. And um hopefully someone will, will put right, put a bit of precedence to yeah, it. Yeah, just know? just in case it's dumped somewhere or something that if anybody finds it is that um, you you certainly like to have it back anyway, PJ. That's that's oh, obvious, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the the place on the pier is, is looking naked without it, you know, because on the other pier then we have um, Thomas Clark and uh, mm. kind of a, his mother and father were married in the community hall mm. of the Protestant church at the time. And uh, so that's on the other pier and the other side is missing now. So. Can, can, can I ask you to get involved in, in the discussion that we've been having 
all through the week about, you know, rural crime and issues for people in rural areas, PJ. Is that something that you come across around the Clohene area? Um, we used to, but not now. Well, my own neighbour was robbed there last year, but, um, and there was no one ever caught for it. And, um, you know, that was, there was nothing since. And going back to the Garda patrolling the streets, I think we have Philly Ryan and we have um, Keon in Ballypoint, and they're on nearly full-time. You'd always see a squad car or their own cars would be outside the barrack in Clahean and Ballypoint. And I think that have a lot to do with... Um, and you know, that, that makes the difference as far as you're concerned, Peter. Yes, it is eliminating the rural crime. From the, you know, they see a guard, and uh, I think that's after making a great difference in Clahean. But I, I know the people all around the country are having terrible um, issues with it. Mm. And uh, I think that um, they have to bring back the rural guard. Well, you're lucky in the area to have the resources of the two guardian in, in, in question because what emerged from the meeting in Monroe, PJ, was that that's, that's what people need, that's what people are looking for, you know? Yes. And and we have, there's an example in Clahine because there was different crimes and different, you know, farmers were robbed of, of quads and different things mm. like that. Mm. But that seems to have died down now. And um, so, you know, the local guard, I think, is, is the icing on the cake, you know, and hopefully we'll be left with our local guard for well into the future. Well, hopefully so indeed. PJ, we wish you the best uh, with uh, a return there of the, uh, the plinth. But uh, thanks for coming on with me this morning, PJ. Lovely. Thank, Thank you, you Thank you. Bye-bye to you now. That's uh, PJ English there, um, who is a business person in Shaheen and, of course, a local activist as well. 1800 uh, Good to hear from Councillor Michael Murphy today. And he was saying, following his Tip FM appeal a number of weeks ago... Um, they they are presenting a cheque on behalf of the citizens of Clanmel and surrounding areas from the Merrill Ukrainian Relief Fund for €1,000 to Petro Kashuba. And Petro is from Kiev and has been living in Clanmel for more than 12 years, has his own business indeed, on O'Connell Street. And funds were to assist the purchase and repair of a, an 09 Volvo Jeep which will be shortly heading to the front line in Ukraine and will act as an ambulance and assist in the evacuation of wounded soldier, soldiers. Uh, Michael established the mayoral relief fund for uh, Ukraine during his term as mayor. And again, he wants to talk, uh, thank all who contributed to the fund for their extraordinary kindness and generosity and community spirit is very strong in Clanmel, says Councillor Michael Murphy. So well done to everybody involved in that. Um, another listener around to us to say, Fran, it's completely ridiculous uh, what that man said about a song. All they were doing was celebrating uh, one of the greatest achievements for women's soccer ever. And all they were doing was being happy for what they achieved. Well done to the girls for creating history and reaching the World Cup and will bring millions in for the F, uh, the FAI. How dare the English person criticise these girls for singing a song with happiness for qualifying for the World Cup. Well done to them from all of the Irish people. And that comes in from Richard, who is in Cashel today. Another listener saying, Fran, I think people putting anything online that's going to cause aggro are nasty cowards. They know they won't be named and shamed, says Kay. Well, in this case, I think it was put up there in innocence by one of the panel 
themselves. It was just uh, images of celebration and images of great joy following the uh, victory. But, of course, it was the content of what they were singing that incensed some people, some people along the way. All right, news and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to Tip Today. A listener says there's a song for every county in Ireland, Fran. Uh, they could have sung any one of them. I sing a few rebel songs myself but would never mention the IRA, a bunch of bombers. I've always said that phone, cameras or any electronic uh, implements should not be allowed in dressing rooms or pubs. In my local, you will be asked to leave if you produce anything like that. Yeah, I think it's worth looking at that in places where people are out uh, enjoying themselves. I mean, do you want do you want to be videoed? Do you want to be recorded? Um, you know, if you're on a night out and you have a few drinks and all of that kind of thing. Um, again, we'd love your reaction to that as well. 83 311 Let's go to Cashel now and Richard. Richard, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. Great to talk to you, Richard. Um, your, your thoughts about the song and the celebration and I suppose all the controversy as well? Friend, the way I see it is, listen, those girls are after creating history for themselves and for Ireland, Right. Yeah, and what they were singing inside the oak was just for happiness, friend. They, they they weren't singing about what the song meant. They were just so delirious, happy of qualifying for a World Cup, which was unbelievable to me. I played soccer in my days, mm-hmm. and to do something like that, you you sing a song, friend. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just a song for happiness. They were singing, friend, for just for what they achieved, friend, not for what it meant. And, and a, a, after a soccer game, for instance, Richard, uh, you know, if you can remember back, you, you'd sing a song. I presume you wouldn't even think about a song uh, after, uh, you know, you wouldn't even think about what it was you were singing, would you? No, you wouldn't, friend. It's a, just a happiness, friend, yeah. singing a song. We don't sing songs because of what it means. We sing it because we're happy. I'll even give you an instant, friend. Mm. I went to watch uh, Man United and Arsenal about five weeks ago in a pub where I live now. Mm. I won't mention the pub, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, I walked in with me mate and we were having a pub and United were done well because I'm a United fan. Yeah. And the man beside me was Liverpool, so he was happy to because we bet Arsenal. Mm. But when it was over, these men were walking in, friend, one by one, from down, and I knew the men walked in were able to sing songs. Right. But if you planned this, friend, you couldn't get them together for one day. Right, yeah. and when the song was when the match was over, one of the boys started singing, yeah. and we left them singing. No one interrupted because it's one man, one song. That's how it was. And then we all started singing, friend. Right. And there was a man over in the corner, and he said, "God, this is too good." He said to the wife, "I have to go over and join him." He says, "Right." Yeah. He went over, and the crack was started at half four. We're still singing at half ten, and we sang every song you could think of, friend. Is and there wasn't an interruption. But there was two Welsh fellas friend there with another man. Yeah. And they were opera singers and they sang two opera songs and they, they lift the roof out oh, unbelievable. Well. But the owner was there and he said, The hell with this, I can't be left out, he said. <laughs> and he and he sang a song Let me show a lady. Right. <laughs> and he bought around for the whole office. He said, This is the best day I've ever had in my life. Now the songs we sang, friend, 
or every kind of a song. Yeah. But yeah. no one complained. We had the best night. Even people around the town were were talking about the sing song that was going on in this pub, and they came up to to watch it and join in. That's because the crack was good, friend. And what these young ones were doing, friend, they were singing for happiness, friend, yeah. not for what happened yeah. years ago, friend. Yeah. They sang because they qualified for, to me, they won the greatest tournaments in the world, friend, and they created history for themselves and for Ireland. And not only that, friend, we'll be there next year and we'll be singing every kind of a song you can think of, friend. Of and course, this will all yeah. be forgotten about, friend, because they've got their World Cup finals, friend. And, and now, you, you, is, you're a real soccer person, Richard. How big a victory is this? I mean, how important is this? Oh, friend, this is unbelievable for is the it? girls. Yeah. Yeah. This is unbelievable, friend. A war friend to qualify for a Tipperary Cup friend, you'd be I'd be over the moon. Mm. And to win it I'd be delayed. To qualify for a World Cup friend yeah. would a bunch of girls, friend, who got together is unbelievable. All is this wrong, friend, is jealousy from these people who was talking, especially that man who talked to you the other day. Yeah. If he wanted to go back in history, friend, and ask us to remember our history, let him go back and think of the black and tans who came to us years ago and destroyed us, friend. Mm. Now, that's gone, friend. That's in the... But if you wanted to talk about that, friend, I'm the best man to talk about him with him and I showed him up in five minutes, friend. But that's in the past, friend. Now, we'll never forget the past, what happened, friend. Yeah. But look to the future for these girls who qualify for World Cup and look to the future for the kids that are coming up, friend. Not to bickerish in the back time. There's only jealousy of them because of what they're after achieving, friend. And fair... Excuse my language, friend. Fair fucks them for what they're after them. Well, fair, fair, fair play to them. You know, and I apologize for saying that word, friend, but they deserve every recognition they get for what they've done, friend. Hmm. And I saw them inside in the dressing room, friend, and if I was in there, friend, and we qualified for World Cup, friend, the songs I'd be singing, friend, I'd be singing for happiness, friend, even if they were these kinds of songs. But I wouldn't mean that and buy it, friend. Just mm. happiness. That's all. All right, Richard. And well, fair play to you for coming on with us uh, this morning. And uh, thanks very much indeed for that. And I hope things are well in lovely Cashel this morning, Richard. Oh, beautiful, fans. Beautiful. Grand, grand. <laughs> thanks, Richard. Thank you and good morning to you. 1800-938-007. The text and WhatsApp is 083-311-3311. Now, I don't think we ever got such a strong reaction to any item on the show as we did this week when we discussed the issue of children being left on the sideline and not getting picked for teams, be it in GAA soccer or rugby. It all stemmed from two calls that we received uh, to tip today um, from listeners who were trying to deal with the fallout, but uh, because of sensitivity on the subject, they could not, well, they felt they couldn't come on air with us. Jen Hogan then wrote an article on the subject this week, and the response to that was phenomenal, which uh, uh, shows that it's happening not just in Tipperary, but everywhere. Now, uh, Joe Kennedy is chairperson of the county board and joins me now. Joe, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. And thanks very much for coming on with us, Joe. We really appreciate it. Thank you for this. Um, were you surprised at the reaction to the item, Joe? Uh, not really. I, I suppose it's very disappointing when maybe children feel excluded or left out. Um, you know, to, to, uh, I think some of your contributors there, other morons, mentioned that uh, in around 2010 or 2011, the GA embraced the new uh, player pathway. Mm. And part of that was the goal games model, which, um, you know, as under 8, 10, uh, 11 and that, that uh, you'd have to play games in bits format. Mm. And part of the, part of the, the mode separandi and those bits format is that every every child would be played in all the games. And 
So if you went off to the Blitz and you had 18 players and the opposition had 18 players, you'd play maybe a tennis side in one, in one game and eight side and then, you know, you play two small games mm. to, to allow everyone to play. And then that progressed under under 12 where they brought in the goal games and and, and part of the, um, the thinking behind that is that every child had to get a half, at least half a game. And I, I was heavily involved board and over the time and looked as a culture change. But over a number of years, that did happen, you know, and you know, I heard some of the stories there in the last day or two. You know, some people wouldn't abide by, but it's very hard to police, and it's it's only it's only officers in their own clubs can can do the best to police. Can those do the best. The, yeah. the, the goal games that's only relevant to a blitz, though, is it? I mean, that's that's well, not the general mode of no. play on under uh, under twelves. Under twelves, the goal games apply to under twelve games. But uh, there, for the last two years, we've we, we've been to un- even ages which is thirteen, fifteen, and seventeen. So yes. I suppose I suppose the under thirteen games, the the, the goal games format doesn't apply to those. Yes, is it is it almost impossible to police because I mean you have volunteer coaches uh, just inevitably with smaller clubs you will have a coach who has kids of of a playing age. Is that very hard to police, Joe? Uh, it is, and it's down to every club to to do the best they can. Uh, and I, I don't think maybe it's widespread because a lot of the clubs, I mean, I, I, I'd be talking to and my own club included, you know, maybe not at under 13, but certainly at 15 and 17, they're, they're very tight for numbers. So it's, 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 not, it's not a matter of even people on the sideline that's having enough to play the game in the first place, mm. you know, mm. and maybe some of the bigger clubs, you know, that have bigger populations, it might be more of an issue. But I, I know certainly for most of the smaller rural clubs, um, to, to seven, fifteen to start the game and have two or three subs to to, to be able to, to to play and and some some of the time the subs would be uh, from a younger age bracket say if it was under seventeen the subs would be lads who are thirteen fourteen so they'd be playing it they'd be playing it under fifteen anyway so um, it it wouldn't be as big an issue but look I suppose there's there's clubs that have a bigger population um, it, it would be a bit of an issue okay. And uh, do do you find? I mean, do, do you receive complaints uh, when I say you, the 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 boards, Joe? Do you receive complaints about issues around this? Uh, no, n- not not at senior level anyway. Um, maybe board knows that have got a few, uh, mm. but but uh, uh, as I say, I suppose that smaller clubs have no issue. And um, I, I suppose, in fairness to clubs and, and, and fairness to coaches, um, it's it's hard to balance. You know. If, once lads go beyond 11 or 12 they get very competitive and they want to win games so they're trying to balance trying to win games and trying to give everyone game time and it's it, it, it's um, you know it's a very delicate balance to, to, to try and achieve both of those yeah you're trying to keep everyone playing as long as you can but if, if, if the lads aren't winning a few matches you know lads get disheartened and you lose players because they're not winning matches so mm. it, it's, it's very it's a very difficult balancing act to, to, to achieve both now I see need, need more angels would be a club in Cork, and they insist on playing players who are on the on the age rather than younger age. But mm. like I'd imagine, for need more angels base to have um, a large population of players, so of, of they're course. probably able to they're probably able to compete. But how uh, how do you feel about that notion that came up that you know okay, say you have a an under under. 13 or 14 or something and deliberately playing better players from say underage up into that grade then and and therefore some lads of that age being cast aside in some way uh, what is the is there a policy on that well there's not and it's, it's up to every other club but 
I, I suppose the other, the other side that you know around the time them go games more than sort of there was a, a player pathway or a, a, a development review for, for, for GA players and the GA launch so that's where the 13, 15 and 17 would have come from and, and basically that, that policy states that you know all grades under from 17 down should be considered development and uh, like that's a policy from the GA but no more than the the policy of give respect get respect for the referees it, it, it's it's kind of voluntary for people to implement it you know and it's probably, it, it's very hard to change the culture of, over a short period of time. So, um, you know, uh, so mm. the, the policy is there in, in the player pathway report uh, that, that from under 17 down is developing. But I say not everyone's not everyone might be aware of the policy, or not, or not everyone might be educated enough to follow it. So, uh, following all of this, Joe, I mean, is there? Is there any plans to, I don't know, to educate clubs more or, or, or make some of the rules more clear? Or are the ethos, in fact, more clear to clubs? Well, at the moment, there's a, at national level, there's a total review of the, the national coaching and game structure. And, and, and within that, we'll have to wait and see what comes out of that, out of that uh, report and that review. So, so I assume to be lending leaning towards this that as well, yes. uh, considering that it was in the player pathway uh, report a few years ago. Yes. If you do get a complaint, do you investigate that complaint? Yeah, yeah we'd yeah, we'd leave a children's officer here in Tipperary, so uh, any complaint made uh, against, uh, or for a juvenile terror, uh, you know, which be termed under 18, mm. um, those reports uh, come to him and like he deals with me, he can deal with himself, and he contact the club or whatever, mm. and uh, they discuss it. And uh, you know, if it's serious enough, but, he comes to the, to the county board officers. But is there a mechanism, for instance, for taking in a coach and uh, reprimanding a coach in some way, or sus- no? There's no, there's no disciplinary action on, on, mm. on, on that basis. And should basis. should there be? Do you think, Joe? <laughs> well, again, it's going back to my earlier point. It's balancing act. Uh, like yeah. most clubs are, are are finding it hard to get uh, volunteers uh, to do the job, so yes. you know we're we're trying to we're trying to keep them straight and narrow uh, on coaching wise and and um, giving respect to referees and that and the odd one gets suspended for maybe giving abuse to referees and we start suspending for their coaching ethos. <laughs> it might be very difficult to to um, have a, a panel of coaches in the club to. to Right. To, to operate, you know. So, uh, so that, that mechanism there, like, is, isn't there, really? No, it's not. And I, I, I'd, I'd take Timmy Hammersley's point from the other day there um, that, you know, in a lot of juvenile clubs, a lot of the time, um, uh, its parents are involved. And, you know, as a former juvenile officer myself, I know it can be very difficult to, to get coaches involved. And if someone has a young guy playing the game, it's not easier to, to be going to the matches anyway, so it's it's not easier to ask those lads to get involved in the coaching. Mm. So, um, you know, but but I, I would, I, the only thing I could do is encourage um, clubs to, to try and keep as many people being a, a, as inclusive as possible uh, mm. with games. And like, if you go back over the last ten years, maybe maybe small bit longer, uh, five players who received the Player of the Year award at national level uh, wouldn't have played county minor. For, for for their uh, for their county, right. you know. Henry so all, all the more reason that people should be nurtured and and and. Oh, 
Oh, definitely. And yeah. That's the point to make. And yeah. is that, you know, a, a guy who may not make an under 12 or under 13 team, you know, might develop into a fine, fine player um, at 17 or 18. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 it's important to try and keep as many uh, going as possible. Yeah. The, the, one of the things that mainly worried me was that the two parents in question who got in touch with us, Joe, that they felt that they couldn't talk to us openly because of possible repercussions in some way from the club. Would, the, would that concern you? I, I, I find that difficult. Well, I don't, don't, don't doubt the integrity of the cause, but I, I'd imagine in this day and age that most, most club officers have the emotional intelligence uh, to deal with a parent in, in, in a proper way, uh, I know maybe you know there might be peer pressure with the with the juveniles involved. Maybe that might be some of it, but uh, I, I consider most club officers that I deal with that on a variety of issues that, that you can discuss these things with them. So um, uh, I, I can't. I'd be very disappointed that if a parent couldn't go to a club coach or a club chairman or a club chairperson or secretary and discuss the issues with them. All right, it's important to point out that these issues are also there in soccer and in rugby and in other other disciplines as well. But uh, the, our Gaelic games, of course, you know, they're our biggest attraction for, for young kids. So I suppose yeah. they're, they're always going to be up there and examined and looked at, Joe. Well, that's true. And, and, and look, I know, uh, I know these are issues, but uh, on, on the bigger picture, on the greater scale of things, uh, at any level, there, there's... 70 odd juvenile clubs in, in, in the county with, 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 with teams at 13, 15, and 17 in, in say, the juvenile ranks, uh, and you know, upwards of a couple of thousand players. Uh, and we should give credit to the clubs for providing games and provide, you know, uh, providing games for those. And I'd hope that these complaints are more in the minority uh, than in the majority, you know, and that most, most people enjoy their experience of playing underage with their club within the county. Well, Joe, we really appreciate you taking your call this morning, and thank you, thank you for that, Joe. Thank you. You're welcome, friend. Thank you. Take good, care. good morning to you. And that's Joe Kennedy there, and Joe, Joe, of course, is a chairman of the uh, county board. Eighteen hundred nine three eight double o seven. If parents left the kids alone, friend, and not get involved, they'd all be grand. Um, yeah, it, the only thing is, I suppose it's parents driving here and there and bringing the kids all around the place as well. So their involvement is is vital to. Uh, kids playing whatever games they might choose uh, to uh, to play. I was listening to you a few minutes ago, Fran, about uh, immigration to Ireland, and I want to know, would you have a contact number? Okay. And you're looking for somewhere to donate money. Um, yeah, let, let me see if we can find that out for you, okay? But uh, And thank you for your generosity as well. Fran, I'm listening to the conversation all week about playing kids above their age, if they're good. I understand the frustration of weaker um, players, but we have to be fair to if players are good and want to be competitive and win. Sport is all about competing and trying to win. Oh eight three three double one double three double one. We'll take a break and then we have a little of down your way for you. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 
once these people are volunteering, they can carry on whatever way they like without any consequence. The GAA is a multi-million euro organisation, so it has the means but no desire to tackle the issues at club level. For this week's Down Your Way, Eamon is at St Anne's in Ross Grey. Let me just give you a little taste of what you can expect tomorrow morning. Definitely in north of the county this week, I'm in St Anne's in Ross Grey, yeah? It's about four, maybe five years ago, I was in St Anne's in Ross Grey. Uh, I'm sure it was. Uh, uh, Teresa Collins is with me. How are you doing, Teresa? Hello, Eamon. How are you? It's great to be here. And indeed, on my introduction, I just got lost here because it's an emotional part of uh, County Tipperary for most people. It's a very emotional part of County Tipperary, uh, Sean Ross, with the mother and baby homes over the centuries. And... Um, Look, we're here to tell the tale, most of us. Mm-hmm. There's a few still missing, as the saying is, and a few has passed away without any coverage to the finish of it, like, you know. When I was here, was it four years ago, roughly? I think about roughly, yeah, it was yeah. 18, 19, yeah. around there, yeah. So it just, I just couldn't get over that day, and excuse me, when I turned in the gate today here, yeah, this is it again, you know. Maybe not everything solved, but we're getting there. Yeah, it is it, and I think um, we're coming to the end, as the saying is, to solving most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we look at it is, it's our history, it's our past. We'll bring the past to the future mm-hmm. and we'll solve it. Mm-hmm. Now, we have worked on issues, say, going with scans, which is our main issue to get finished, this part of Sean Ross, is to identify the 1,090 children that is missing, to scan, to see are they buried and where they are actually buried, mm-hmm. is the main issue of this. Um, I suppose I'm so used to coming in and out now, I'm getting to like it, which I didn't before. But I think you can see a bit of peace has come into it, mm-hmm. especially with Tony and Paul Fogarty have done marvellous work to it and you can see the bit being renovated on the inside. So you see hope. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get the hope from the government to get the scans as much as the house is getting the hope. Okay. Take me from the top because when I was here, um, everybody was sad and feeling sadness and I'm sure they're mm-hmm. going to be still sad here today. But talk to me from the top here. How did all this come about, Sean Ross? It came about that um, basically when I got involved with the Sean Ross American Group and they were fantastic at the time and then the Commission of Inquiries when we started to look into our uh, files basically uh, Martin Brown bought it into the doll for us going back in 015 mm-hmm. and he bought it in through uh, the group of ethnic minority and illegal adoptions that's where it came in mm-hmm. on the part so we fought tooth and nail for the last god knows how many years to get something out of it mm-hmm. with that then they did set up the commission of inquiries mm-hmm. and um, give us some of the answers but not all the answers I mean they left us very open in ways yeah, and okay. we're still working with them to see can we to get the full answers. I mean, we're not giving up. Yeah. Okay, we're here. What happened to you uh, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago? Well, I suppose, Eamon, when you look at it, any unmarried mother coming in the gates or coming in with a family member, the first thing they're seeing is their big red door there in front of you, which I'll be taking you through. Uh, probably a nun with a big black habit, frightened the life out of a poor person, God help us. Mm-hmm. It was bad enough being expecting without being frightened but yet when you walked inside you see the study you see the entrance way it looks beautiful when when somebody got pregnant when a lady got pregnant yeah. and all the rest are a young girl at the time uh, how did she get to be here why didn't she be looked after at home well some cases maybe they didn't want we can't say it is all you know what i mean 
um, you can't say it is all the religious order's fault. But nine times out of ten, it was the parish priest had a great say in the unmarried mothers. And out of that great say, they found out a way of making money. I mean, with illegal adoptions and adoptions abroad, they made money on us. We were sold as the saying is like cattle. Now, if anyone wants to look up the information on that, if they go into the black baby market and the Independent did a fantastic mm-hmm. review on it, um, you'll get all the information there as well. But that's strong talk. We were sold. You know, yeah. kind of, what's that, what's well, that we the way it was? We were sold, yes. We were sold. I cost £100. It's just unbelievable. So it is. That's it. We were genuinely sold for money. I mean... We were like a cattle mart. There was even advertisements in the American papers if you want a blue-eye baby girl or boy, contact St Anne's Society. And, I mean, here was the third highest in Ireland. Sister Hildegard, who was over it at the time, was the third highest for adoptions in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Here was. So why did the parents uh, of those children and young, young adults at the time, uh, why didn't they take charge of their own children? Some of them did. I mean, I have to say, my grandparents came back and my murder and myself got out, so it was perfect. Some did. Some maybe mightn't have the finances. And some then, it could have been the fact that it wasn't a, a high society family who could afford to pay to come in here, paid privately as well for their daughter. And I think a lot of it could have been the fact that it was taboo with the religious orders and the religion at the time to have a baby out of wedlock. You were treated totally different. I know things are possibly quite a bit different today. Yes, thank God, and it's good to see. Um, I think it's lovely because we still have, as I say, 1,090 little angels in this place. And I think they are looking after everybody very well, I have to say. You can see it yourself, the atmosphere here is a slight bit different than what you were here four years ago. Uh, We've gone on and got good results. Roderick O'Gorman has been brilliant with us. And he's worked well with us as the We Still Here committee. He was down here last um, July. He walked through it. We got him the everything he asked we done. We got the scans, quotations for him. Tony gave him permission to come in and do uh, dig wherever he needed to dig. And we got it through the county development plan and the county council. We held that and we've done everything above board. So all is needed now is for the government to come behind us and finance it and get the real results out. Mm-hmm. Because after all, the government put the Commission of Inquiry there and the Commission of Inquiry is the ones that came up with the 1,090 children. We had 1,024. Okay. So the Commission has gone so far. The government is part of the Commission and the Commission needs to... They said it wasn't, but it was they set it in place and it's up to them then to come on and finish it. Okay. All we're asking is to get the scans finished now and put a rest to it and memorialisation okay. on it. Okay. That'll all happen, I'm quite sure, in time and maybe a little bit of time and maybe just only around the corner. But the sisters just up the road here, or down the road here from here, how supportive were they to your, your, your task? Um, not really supportive. Um, did, actually, any time letters was written by go- to the government and they were kind of refusing to answer any of them. There's actually no sisters here now living on Sean Ross. Mm-hmm. They've all actually gone since the new owner, Tony, took it over. Mm-hmm. Um they're just seemingly, according to Roderick O'Gorman, it's a work in progress with them. That's mm-hmm. the best way in saying it. Yeah. Place. Which was run as a business with the sisters, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was run as a business, Say, as I say, our business was uh, selling the children, and that's the easiest way of putting it, Eamon, I'm not going to say it any other way. And then it came in as St Anne's for the mentally and physically handicapped, which brought back a bit of goodness that they kind of worked with them.
mm. on it. You know, it gave a little bit of hope back. So it did. Absolutely. What does it mean to you to come in here the day like today and uh, this open day this year? It makes me proud. It makes me proud to be saying, right, it's not, it is my history. It's my past. It took me a while to get it. But I'm proud of it at the same time because I think any of us that has come out of here have stood the test of time. We have stood everything that every government Trona has by not allowing us to get our details. But I think it made us stronger. We have a very strong united front and you'll see that with the people that come here today from America, from Scotland, wherever they come. They all have a strength that is unbeatable, mm-hmm. absolutely unbeatable. And I'm proud, I'm proud to say it now. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to say that, but I am now. We're just, we're just here outside the front of the, of the building. We're here in a kind of a, an area, a yard area, or whatever, yeah. a little bit of ground area. I'm sure a lot of people came and collected babies right where we are right now, and the mothers inside just waving goodbye. That is 100% true. A lot of children were taken here without even, say, without even the mothers knowing it, falsified on adoption signs, legally, illegally signed. Um, there was an awful lot, an awful lot, you know, seeing their children go. And the most perfect example of that was Philomena Lee, and she's told us herself standing at the window crying and seeing her son getting into the care and being taken. I mean, that, that was heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Why would anyone allow that? Why would sisters, people in charge of this place, allow that to happen? Good question, Eamon. If I had the answer to that, I think I'd win the lotto. I'd be honest. I can't. I genuinely can't. I think it was greed in ways and money. Greed was a lot of it. Very strong piece indeed from my old friend uh, Eamon O'Dwyer there from St. Anne's in Ross Grey. And you can hear that in its entirety tomorrow morning uh, after the uh, 10 o'clock news on Down Your Way. 1800-938-007. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie now, welcome back to Tip Today and Andrew is with me and we're going to have a look at uh, what's available to us on the screen just in case you want to put your feet up over the weekend. Um, Andrew, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. Um, help is the first one. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm not aware of this. Um, it only um, it only came out actually just a few days. Now, listen, it's around a while but it only arrived on Netflix just a few days ago. And I came across it and uh, really actually what, what what drew my attention to it was who was in it. So I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but it's about a young caregiver at a Liverpool home care, uh, care home, I should say, who forms a bond with a challenging patient struggling with early onset Alzheimer's disease. However, um, halfway through it, then COVID hits and it's the start of COVID. Oh. It's, it's excellent. It's absolutely fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. Um, it won two BAFTA TV awards. It's... Uh, Two fantastic. This is actually what drew me to it is the uh, two actors in it. So uh, Stephen Graham is in it. I, I know both you and I like him. Um, he was your man in, in Boiling Point. Terrific. Yeah. Uh, just mm. just an amazing actor. And Jodie Comer uh, is in it too. Uh, she's just uh, super. A lot of people know her from uh, uh, the uh, popular series called Killing Eve. She was in a she was in Care filming too because she was in a thing with. Um, Last time that they were filming in Care, she was she was part of that the, the last jewel. Oh yeah. Uh, so she was up doing that too. Um, probably offensive to say an up and coming actress because she's around a long time, but you, you're going to see a lot more of her. She's fantastic in it. He's brilliant in it. I can't recommend it enough. Like it's it's a pretty serious film. 
you know, it's not it's not light entertainment. So right. just 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 know what you're getting yourself in for. But it takes a look at the um, the whole COVID situation, uh, not in mm. hospitals, but. Um, in care in, homes, in, in, yeah. in care homes, and the shades of what happened here, I suppose, during COVID. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's people it's, couldn't visit. And, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I I really, really, really enjoyed it. I have to say, it's it's a real eye opener. Mm. Uh, very engaging film. So that's on Netflix. It's called Help. Now there's a there's a little trailer there. Now I've cut some of it out, but it's just uh, the one called Help. There you can give it a little play. Hi, um, I'm I'm Sarah Byrne. I'm here for the for the interview. Hey. This job is about treating people with dignity. This is their home that we work in. So I'm not just employing any old knobby knob stuff to wipe it ass. You're exhausted. Yeah, I am, actually. And the home can cope without you for a week or two. Do you know, my granddad had Alzheimer's. And, and I, I was only young, but I remember, I remember singing and dancing with him, and I thought, do you know if I can help someone else like that, maybe I'll feel less like shit. Where's your mask? I uh, didn't know we needed to wear them. <laughs> Bad news. Gloria's got a cough. Steve, Kenny's not well and I, and I can't get a doctor out. I'm going to call the doctor. Kenny, you're not well. Come here, love. What I need you to do, Kenny, is to breathe deeply. No one, nobody's picking up. Not 111, not just a GP. Nobody's helping me. Yeah, it's like they forgot about us, isn't it? Mm, help on on Netflix. It sounds harrowing at times. Yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, look. I mean, it's upsetting. Uh, you, I mean, you could say it's entertaining, but it's uh, it's, it's a, certainly an eye opener. I have to say. Yeah. How did that do on Rotten Tomatoes? Because that's that's the one we look at, isn't it? It got a hundred percent. Wow. It got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so I, I do that too. I know we often say that when we chat. I will often look stuff up. Do you know what I mean? Now, which I did with the Devil in Ohio. Yeah. Um, it didn't get that. Didn't get a great. Well, it got pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Bad rating. Fact, wasn't it? Yeah. But but you had told me that you were really enjoying it. Yeah. Now I no. I mean, listen. <laughs> you know, I I I took it on holidays with me, and uh, so I think I've watched about four or five, maybe five or six episodes. Yeah. Um. At the end, I just wrote some of this down just to remind myself. At the end of the fifth episode, I I finally started. I think at the end of the fifth episode, it started mm. moving. Now, have you seen it in full? Have I've you, seen it you've in gone full. Through? Yeah. Okay. So I'd like there was a lot of stuff going on there. You have the I mean you helped me with this because you'll know more about it. You've got the um, psychiatrist who yeah. kind of has things going on in her home, bit of conflict there in her home. Brings this stranger to live with them. Yes, um, you might want to pick it up there. She the, she she presented in hospital, didn't she? Yeah, this, this she young did lady. from a sort of a cult situation yeah. Yeah. and um, a, a satanic uh, cult situation. Right. And uh, I think the psychiatrist had her own issues when she was a kid and with she, her own she mom. felt that was. Mirrored yeah. by by this young lady, but I think the the young one uh, whose name was wait, let's see, what, what is her name? Uh, the girl who played the part of the young I can't lady. Can't say I know her name. Uh, it is Madeline Arthur. That's okay. who it is. I thought she was remarkable. Did you not think? That? I yeah, I think she's brilliant. Now I, I yeah. will go back to it. I promise you. And I I, I plan to watch some of it again over the weekend, and I'll watch it in full because I'm kind of invested in it. Yes. Now I have to say after after spending so time. But so you much pointed time out yourself it. the psychiatrist ignored her own family issues. Well, this is it, and and it's funny that, that you say. And again, you've seen it all, and I haven't. There's things happening that I'm I kind of figuring why, like with the husband, you know, looking at being bankrupt and stuff like that. Yes. I mean, does that all come together? Is that is that or is that a beside the way kind of just happening in the background. It leaves you on a cliffhanger and ah. it leads me to believe that there will be another series of it. Because That's I did see I did see people online talking about explaining the end of it and I yeah. hate that. 
because, and I don't want to know the end of it, but what but, people are saying, when you have to go online to explain the ending of something, I go, oh, please don't do Yeah, that. but if I get into that now, it'll be a spoiler, you see. Okay, But I know. suffice to say, that was left in a way that you could have another series of it. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. No, she's she's very, she's very very good in it, I have to say. Mm. There is, there's a lot of moving parts um, from what I've seen of it so far. Mm. And as you said, bringing, introducing this young girl into their family, I found it a little bit... I mean, I mean, obviously, Un- you know, unbelievable. I, I did, yeah, I yeah, did, yeah, yeah. because and and I mean, I'm aware of you know foster families and the wonderful work that they do and all that. Yes. But this is different. It is different, and she was putting her family in danger. I thought that by by bringing this young woman into I thought in, that into the house. and very unusual. And hey, listen, it's a Halloweeny kind of thing. I mean, it's not a horror hmm. story, but it's it's very much. Um, uh, yeah, it's scary enough though at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a clip actually. Maybe okay. you want to play let, let, Let's have a listen yeah. to this. What's her name? Has no ID. Cops couldn't get a statement. We're waiting for a foster home to open up, so she's going to stay with us. Your kindness is too much. You deserve it. You brought her home with you? I couldn't abandon her. She's been through so much trauma. It's important that May feel safe here. Do you remember seeing anything having to do with satanic worship? What do you think it means? It's a cult. Everything's changed. No one ever leaves except your girl, who, guessing by the way they've marked her, is vital to them. Yeah, there, there is. Uh, the only thing I will say, it probably would have made a better movie than a series. Okay, right. Okay. Because is that what you mean when you say that they um, chose to deliver as little as possible in each episode? Sorry, yeah, was, I didn't. Was it dragged I, out? Yeah, I, 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 I thought that. Yeah. I, well, well, actually, yeah. I wrote down a few of my thoughts on it, and I put it aside when I was talking to you. So what, yeah. what I probably meant by that, where I wrote it, is that I felt that they were building you up for something, and there was a bit of a drag in it. And uh, as I said, I used the word invested because when you look at five or six episodes of something. You know, to leave it and leave it. You mean you want to go back to it, and and I feel that that I do want to go back to it. They've done that certainly, but it it does pick up, does it? Yeah, it picks up in a sort of a way, but uh, it's still sort of sleepy in its own way. But I I just thought okay. it was great. But okay. obviously, everybody in the world is disagreeing with me. On oh, this. really? <laughs> that just well, it seems anybody else who watches said, "I what are you on about?" Like, all right, you know, okay. So look, okay. you know, um, we couldn't do this without speaking about uh, Dame Angela Lansbury. And sadly, we yeah. uh, passed away uh, during the week. Born on the 16th of October 1925 so she was just a few days uh, short for her 97th birthday Fran mm. uh, the British Irish and American actress she was born in England her mum was, was Irish I don't know if people realise that mm. um, from Belfast I think yeah her dad was a politician I think and her mum was an mm. actress actually yeah uh, a career uh, basically in the States she made it in the States spanned over uh, eight uh, decades just the most uh, beautiful wonderful woman mm. I it's a little bit strange she was never like a leading lady mm. now with the exception of which we'll get to in a second uh, Jessica Fletcher and that Boy, she wrote you. Um, but, but she's in lots of old black and white movies she is and, you know. she is yeah um a lot of people are saying one of the last surviving stars of the golden age of Hollywood. Mm. A lot of people mentioned that on yeah. on Twitter and everything too. And I suppose maybe she probably is. Um, the recipient of six Tony Awards, including a Lifetime Achievement Award, six Golden Globe Awards, uh, the Academy Honorary Award, in addition to nominations for three Academy Awards, 18 Primetime, maybe it goes on and on, wow. Grammy Award, all this stuff she won. So, I mean, she, certainly she's been, uh, she's been celebrated and recognised uh, through her career. But I would never have seen her as that leading 
lady and I think she probably felt the same mm. herself the more you read about her during the week a lot of people think that her first film role was um, in the picture uh, the picture of Doreen mm, Doreen, Doreen Gray Doreen Gray yes, yes. mm. um, but it was actually and, and this is interesting I got a clip there the first one of her uh, it was actually 1944 the year previous in Gaslight oh okay yeah. let's have a listen yeah. to this okay. so I went out to MGM Studios with my mother because I was a minor and by golly we are immediately not taken to see the director producer of the picture of Dorian Gray, but we're rushed in to see uh, George Cukor, who is going to direct the movie Gaslight with Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer. This is Elizabeth, the cook. Hello. You'll find that she's in good bed. I really didn't know what I was doing. I look at the picture now and I say, how the devil did you have the experience? See you Sunday? Perhaps. Usual place? Usual place. No. No. I, I, I had not been around the block. I didn't have boyfriends. I didn't know anything. And yet here was this woman, you know, <laughs> this girl, because I was only 17, behaving as if, you know, I knew it all. I didn't. But I knew how to act knowing it all. Oh, no, sir. Not with me. I can take care of myself when I want to. Great voice. Great, oh, incredible. Great voice. Incredible, incredible. Really, really great um, I had a clip for talking about Jessica Fletcher. Now, we, we might skip the clip, but, I mean, obviously we can't speak about it without speaking about uh, playing Jessica Fletcher in, mm. in, in Murder, She Wrote. Uh, that was just absolutely huge. Such a success. Oh, incredible. And, yeah. and, and she was brilliant. And, and I think it brings you back to an innocent time of telly. Do you know what I mean? I was only saying to Pat actually on the radio. Maybe did I say to Pat or I was thinking it? Um, do you know when you look at some of the nonsense that's on the yeah, telly no, now, yeah. and then you go back to like your Sunday night or whatever night it was on, and you kind of sit in and you watch that kind of thing because like all the reality stuff and all that now. Of course, it it. Me, yeah. but that was particularly beautifully photographed. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, she did a few in Ireland yeah. as well. Did she? Yeah, oh, she yeah. did. She did a few of them in Ireland uh, too. You can find those on YouTube. Which brings me, of course, to her relationship uh, with Cork mm. and uh, Bally Cotton. Mm. And she moved, I was just saying this to my parents actually the other day when they said that about, uh, she passed away, that she, her, her teenage kids um, had an issue with drugs in Los Angeles. And she, she moved, yeah, and she moved the whole family in 1970 to, to Cork, to West Cork. And I'm just thinking, I was saying to my parents, can you imagine the teenagers coming out of Los Angeles <laughs> being moved to Cork? But she did that. Especially she, in the 70s. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she moved them to like, she just moved them uh, over here and, and by all accounts, you know, maybe saved their lives. I don't know. But that was the reason that they moved oh. here. But of course, she travelled back and forth and did um, did all her stuff in the States. But they, they lived in, uh, in Bally Cotton. It's um, terrible to speak ill of the <clears throat> dead, but seemingly okay. she was difficult by, by, oh, was all, by all accounts. Was she difficult yeah. to work with, was she? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't realised that. I hadn't realised that. Um, just before we go, she sang as well. Yeah. Um, incredible talent. Yeah, yeah, incredible talent. And uh, we might leave you with her singing something. It's, I think it's Angela 3 there on your, uh, mm, yeah. on your clip. But I'm just going to very quickly go back to Help. If people can check out Help on Netflix over the weekend, that's my big recommendation. I think okay. you'll love it. Right. And uh, you, are you saying stay away from the... The devil no, I'm going to finish. No, I'm going to finish that too. I'm going to finish that too. But check out. All now. right, let's have a listen to uh, Angela Lansbury, late Angela Lansbury singing. Andrew, thanks very much, Lee. Thank you. Me here at last on the ground, you in midair, sending the clouds. Isn't it bliss? Don't you approve? One who keeps tearing around 
and moon Where are the clouds Send in the clouds Now that I start Opening doors Finally knowing The one that I wanted Was yours Making my again with my usual flair sure of my lines no one is there isn't it rich isn't it queer making my in my career And where are the clowns There ought to be clowns Well, maybe next year The late Angela Lansbury there uh, passed away recently at the age of 97 after an amazing uh, career indeed and came from that uh, school of Hollywood where you couldn't be just an actor you had to be a dancer and a singer and uh, an all-rounder indeed news and information's on the way Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage Puck On you can't beat experience with over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans we like to call ourselves the experts call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Welcome back to Tip Today 1800 938 to speak to Emma and it's a free phone call the text on WhatsApp is 083 it's time for our Friday panel and it's real stalwarts of the show today delighted to be joined in the studio by Phil Prendergast uh, Phil is former MEP midwife but more importantly than anything else she is our resident agony aunt as well Noel Buckley is with us a former secondary school teacher and involved hugely in the community and a sporty guy as well who puts me to shame and Joe Lee he is with the security consultant and founder of Seesaw the mental health charity in Clonmel and now in uh, Tipperary Town as well you're all very welcome and thank good you very good much good morning thank you for coming in with us uh, today can I start with uh, Chris Law because I, I think it's hard to believe at this stage it's only a week ago that we first heard of the great uh, tragedy their outpouring of grief genuine outpouring of grief right across the nation following the tragedy Phil, can I start with you on that? It, it really has gotten to the core of us, hasn't it? I think it has. It, it like you said, it's the suddenness of it, yeah. the unexpectedness of it, the 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 way the community has been completely, like wiped off, and a, a significant cohort of of the people that live there all know every single one of yes. those that lost their yeah. lives and we, we would just like to express our deepest condolences obviously because it's a small world and even though Donegal might seem like a far mm. 
uh, far away from us for something like that to happen that's so unexpected and so devastating for a community. Um, what is wonderful is to see the way the community has, they're just so dignified in mm. how they're going about mm. their work. They're so dignified in how the the, um, the funerals are yes. being held and how the, you know, even people across the world are expressing condolences and leaders across the world have expressed their condolences and I think there's, whilst it's never going to bring a loss back to somebody, I think there's a comfort in the collective I suppose sympathy and love yes. and good wishes and the kindness of people as well we're hearing. And Michael D taking up residence literally in the area yeah. so he yeah. could attend all the funerals and meet meet the people. Again, it's it's like it's it's like a collective hug from the country, mm. isn't it, when there's a, a response like that. But I mean it's it's you can just put it at your own door and if you think of people that we know around the table, every single person in those communities will have known every single one mm. of those. Some better than others because they would have been involved with them down through the years and that. Um, but for the younger people, they their cohorts, their school people, they're all going to feel the absence and the empty seat in school. Um, and I, it's it's very poignant and very, yeah. very sad. Noel, you can't help but, as Phil made the point, impose what happened on any community. Uh, you know, the notion of what happened on any community. Oh, yeah, you know? it's huge. And even for the families that were yeah. affected, I was thinking as I was listening to those list of names called out when they finally had completed the search, and I was remembering back, if you remember, the Berkeley balcony collapse. Sure. Yeah. Well, my son was in Berkeley that night was uh, for that time. And there was a three-hour window where we couldn't make contact with him. And, of course, as a parent, you were suspecting the worst. I can remember that moment and will for the rest of my life. And I remember that night they were reading out, the li- we finally made contact with him. Thankfully, he wasn't at that apartment, fortunately. But I remember they reading out the list that night and saying, that could have been us as parents, you know. And it's only when you've experienced, is my son or daughter alive, you suddenly realise the pain and trauma somebody is going through, you know. Uh, But I think what Chrysler brought out is the great strength of community, and the importance, even in government policy, of investing in community. That's what's helping the healing and carrying the pain people are experiencing. And, you know, people have given a lot of praise to the efforts of the community and how supportive they were to the rescuers and first responders and so on. But a person I think that is is is, is uh, not mentioned too much is Father Joe Duffy, mm. the priest mm. there. Mm. Uh, it's extraordinary listening to his words for each of the funerals. And he, he was interviewed and this morning. And his genuine grief. Genuine, it's grief not, genuine grief yeah. because he's part of that community. Yeah. But listening to him this morning, he was asked in Morning Ireland, you know, how are you doing? And he said, well, the words are finding us, not we finding the words. And he said, that's due to the community and the support and carrying. Yeah. And um, imagine the trauma, like where I come from in mid-tip up around Holy Cross Upper Church side, people have a good tradition of attending funerals but imagine mm. having to attend the funerals of 10 people in your local community within the space of what it was a five days yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, that is traumatic it's in incre- itself and would you go along uh, I think it was the Bishop of Raffo who said that people are taking comfort in the words and the rituals Do you, would you go along oh that? yeah I think um, would you? as yeah. a religion teacher and as somebody who has experienced the rituals particularly in upper church and places of the support and I was up there at a tragic funeral during the summer uh 
just to see the support of a community. Uh, I remember a, a man I met once, uh, he had no time for this going to funerals thing, mm. but his own father died. And he said he suddenly realised what it was all about. He said, because he, he died early, it was unexpected. And he said, I wanted to sink into a black hole. And he said, the hands of that community coming to shake my hand and coming to visit the days and weeks afterwards, that's what kept me from sinking into that black hole. I now know what the ritual is about. And it's one mm. thing I, as a nation we're, we're, we're good at renowned that, for, we? where yeah. we do funerals very well. Yeah. Thankfully, and uh, and and you experience I experienced it with my own parents' death, where the community rolls in, and gives you the space and time to grieve and share the stories and be with the person. Of course, it's when all the ritual is finished, Joe, that the the fallout of this will will be there for a generation. I would imagine, you know. Yeah, it certainly will, and at at least that, you know, yeah. when you when you see, I suppose, you know, when you see from the youngest to the oldest, you know, when you go through, you know, graduations down the road, when you go through weddings, you know, what every event that's going to take place down mm. from here to eternity, it's going to bring back memories. What if, what if, what mm. if, you know? But it's hard to believe, like, it's hard to credit, like, that at this time, this day week, mm. all those people had plans, yeah. what they were going to do. And that's, that's only proper order, that you have plans, mm. dreams, ambitions, you know, a vision, what you want to do, this, want to do that. But I think the two lads have, you know, nailed it, like, uh, with um, community. You know, when you see the little coffee shop there, I was reading about it, you know, and it was closing like normally at half three. The next thing the work came, all the staff just rolled in and worked right through the night. No question of, give me five euro for this or three euro, just community, just there's a problem, we need to help and we're here to help. You know, and that does lighten, it, it, it lightens, uh, I suppose, the effect of the burden. Like everyone has their own time, everyone will grieve Everyone will grieve different. Everyone will grieve differently, and they'll grieve at different times in different ways. And it's funerals are are I suppose peculiar things. You know, you you go to a funeral like and there's no getting into the place. You know, there's a queue a mile long. You know, and then I'd just say on Saturday evening, and come Wednesday there's not a car outside the door of the house. Yeah. You know yeah. because and everyone's gone back to work and everyone's gone on and everything. Life has to go on and you you know family are gone back to work and they're gone abroad and whatever. Well, that's else. when the real grieving. That's is, when the I real suppose. grieving. You yeah. know, and when a person is alone, they're like looking at the four walls. You know what I mean? And when a person, without picking out any individual, because we don't go on to go into the individuals of mm. that tragedy, but when you look at them, they're all different set of circumstances, of course, of and, and all those people are going to be on their own, and tis then that they really need, but I think th uh, that they really need the support, but I think there's, as a community, they're a very strong community. A lot of communities are, sorry, Fran, yeah, a lot of communities sure. are strong, but I think though when push comes to shove, the support will be there for them. You know? Yes, I, I know what you're saying about not picking out, uh, you know, people, but the 12-year-old speaking about Yeah, I was going to mention yeah. that, Fran, and I think his words are a reminder to all of us to Absolutely. never take for granted as you go out the Absolutely. door yeah. every morning that, you know, automatically you will see your children or your partner or whatever yeah. that evening. To let them know you appreciate them and that they matter to your, in, yeah. in your life. And I suppose one of the things Chrysalis teaches, uh, the whole incident teaches us is, you know, life is random. Mm. And there, but for the grace of God, could have been any of us. I mean, mm. fortunately, there was a school bus who had pulled in a half an hour earlier and was gone. The mm. tragedy could have been much worse. But I agree with Joe, it's, it's the weeks afterwards 
words um, that's mm. you know when you're alone with your own grief and in the Jewish tradition they had a the, the, the ritual tradition around that they had a policy of never leaving a person on their own for six months uh, and was to let them after, after, after a death, a de- yeah. death oh, wow. to let them share the story and I saw that with my aunt I happened to be visiting a, a couple of times after her husband died they were very close they'd lived together into old age and, and the beauty was people were still calling uh, well, that's a lovely idea, isn't it? And as I sat and listened, and they, you know, they were asking about him and the story, and she was sharing the stories, and there was the therapy in yeah, uh, right. sharing the stories and memories. Right, yeah. And uh, one, of, one of the great uh, thing about that space, as against just the night of the funeral, is in a way, a, a person is a collection of stories, and everybody has their own experience of that person. As I listened to them talking about my uncle, I knew my uncle, and she knew him as a husband, but you got the larger picture. Course, it was yeah. almost the completion of the jigsaw, as I put it, that, yeah. those times of gathering. Phil, Phil, do you think much about faith, uh, the FATE one, um, that, you know, things can turn in, in a moment. In, yeah, you know? and the thing about it is, Fran, we, we don't know when we that's know. ever going yeah. to hit people that we know are ourselves we we just don't know and I suppose there's a a certain resilience built in but I would say that like both the gentlemen have contributed here the community aspect is hugely Mm. important and I suppose to remember as well that when somebody has a loss that's sudden and devastating like this there will be so many firsts there's going to be the first fall of snow there'll be the first Christmas there's going to be all of those occasions where you would celebrate and the you would, do you, yeah. you know, the empty chair syndrome mm. is the biggest, probably one of them all. They always sat there, or you smell um, a perfume or a deodorant or Food an aftershave. Or you, you, yeah, mm. you making doing the baking or whatever. And did I say baking as if I bake? <laughs> oh, to that. We were all very impressed with that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let it go because I'd be accused. There would be a phone in. Yes. But um, it is it is a time when I think the support of the community afterwards is going to be paramount mm. to the recovery of yeah. these people. Mm. And to them coming to terms with their losses, uh, absolutely. But, uh, but, but there's something else I think as well to the note page to the story. I think um, you know the story is bound to take place. Like I was going to win there. I didn't I stop. Yes, I had no money in my pocket. You know, the wife rang me or the husband rang me to go home or they told me to get bread in the other shop before I went here or whatever, whatever, whatever. All those near misses and all those what ifs and all that and well, wasn't I lucky? And there's a whole story in all of that, like you know, and yeah. it's that's going to be all enwrapped and in the community just, uh, as well. Before, I was going to leave this, but just uh, if you don't mind me dragging you back to being the religion teacher, mm. explaining away something like this um, from a faith point of view I mean why those yeah, young um, kids well, why actually, that mother why that father mm, there's a, a brilliant book written by a guy a Jewish rabbi by Kushner called why do bad things happen to good people mm. and he wrote it as a result of uh, as a rabbi very often he was called on by the police force one day to break bad news to uh, members of his Jewish community and of course the police left and inevitably he was there with the family and the question was why was my 10 year old or whatever mm. killed and there's so many other bad people around and he wrote it out of his experience and he was making the point that uh, you know there is no answers but what, what he found was that God gives you the grace to and support to carry through and carry on with that pain and that 
you know, it's expressed well, through he the community. Know. That's it's not always the case. Some people are devastated and destroyed oh, are. And by, it, by it loss. It is normal. And yeah. I mean, all the studies of grief would show you need to acknowledge that. Grief, pain, loss, it's all part of the process. And in a way, you just have to journey with it. And it's the support of the community in terms of, of, of doing that. And that's why, you know, we hear a lot about GDP and so on mm. and growth. Really, if governments want to be resilient into the future, it's investment in communities and, 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 and building uh, and investing and supporting groups who are building networks. Yeah, that so support you, community. You, you're nodding your head furiously uh, at could that, I just Phil. Finish, yeah? Could I just finish on that as well? I mean, you had the story of Krizlak in Donegal, but mm. also this week you had the story of the Ukrainians down in Killarney, mm. where they wanted the ridiculous bureaucracy of somebody sitting in an office wanting to move people who had just settled in yes. out of schools and everything. And there a community got together and said, hold on, there is something wrong with this. Mm. And it's reminding us... And they the stopped power it. Of, yeah, it's reminding yeah. us of the power of communities. So if you feel something is wrong in your town or your local area, stand get up. people together stand and up. stand up. You're nodding at that, Phil. Oh, Neil, yeah. I'd absolutely agree with yeah. it wholeheartedly because it, it, the, whole, the whole thing about investing in communities, yeah. it means that everybody benefits. Mm. And if it's not your turn today, it's yes. going to be your turn someday. Right. if you get the longevity to experience that. And I do think that when you have a community that has, say, an, a, a, a place for people to go to, whether they be old or young, or where there's, where there's, say, for instance, Noel was talking earlier about the, the wonderful music venues that we have in Clamella, mm. and sometimes mm. we're very unaware, and not being on Facebook does make a difference yeah, in terms sure. of an awareness of what might be on or not. But, you know, there's communities within communities. And they're so important. And it is, you have to have buy-in and you have to have investment in it. Yes. Well, you, you found yourself, Joe, though, unless you, I mean, with Seesaw, unless you go and set it up, um, sometimes you won't have the resources in a community. Well, you see, the thing is, you see, I suppose, um, you know, it's like a lot of other things, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, if you're just... If there's a need there to do something, you go ahead and you do it. Yes. Now you got the roll of the punches, and like because you'll get more criticism than claps in the back. You know, but you're you're not you're not setting out to get claps in the back. You're setting mm. out to do something, mm. and I think that's where the community benefits. And I think you know our our logo, like in you know, and it 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 really reflects uh, what's going on in Chrysler as well. Is you know, take time to talk. Yes. And it really means take time to talk. But to take time to talk, you also need somebody to take time to listen. Well, that's exactly. the thing, isn't it? You know, and somebody, as the the speakers and yourself have said earlier on, you know, when you're there, like on the the week after the funeral or whatever else, somebody needs to pull up there for that half an hour because we're in an awful busy world. Yes, we're all flying around at 150 miles an hour, going here, going there, and everywhere else. We need to take time out and say, I need to call to Joe for a few minutes there this evening, yeah. and just do that. Be, be, before we leave it, yeah. Noel, yeah? We're, but we're also, to follow on from what Joe said, we're also living in a very isolating world. I, I just came this morning from a, a men's group and uh, the, a lot of them were talking about the sense of social isolation. I had experience uh, yesterday, last night, of driving home from uh, um, the Clonmel Arts Centre at about nine o'clock through the town of Clonmel. Wasn't a sinner on the street. 
you know. And, you know, the usual gathering points of the pubs, and historically there might have been things wrong with those as well, but at least people were socially connecting. Yes. So people are now staying in their homes, and particularly maybe people who lose a partner and all their kids are away, living away, and things have gone back to normal. They're on their own. So if you have a neighbour or somebody who's on their own, why not knock on the door? We've, we've lost that ability to knock on the door and say hello, and I suppose people feel they're intruding. But... Never was company more needed. More needed than now. All right, let me take a break. We'll be back with our panel in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to our Friday panel. And Joe Leahy is with us, Noel Buckley and Phil Prendergast as well. Can we go on to the other big topic of the week, which is uh, the GAA and the kids on the sidelines? Now, over the years, we've heard from parents who have children involved in GAA who know the pain, I suppose, of exclusion when the child has been left to stand on the sidelines. A couple of things that intrigued me was that the two parents who made contact with us um, wouldn't come on for fear of repercussions from their their club. Joe, can I start with you on this? That winning mentality, I suppose, as opposed to including everybody. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I was listening to it uh, during the week there, Fran, a, a fair bit of it uh, this week. And um, I'd be, I suppose, it is a bit indifferent. I think once competition enters the, the scenario, I think the whole thing changes. I think they sport and they sport and they sport, and that's fine. And I even heard um, somebody on there this morning talking about, you know, running a blitz and all that kind of thing. And, and they're all fine and good and well. But I think the minute you, enter, the minute you mention competition in any, in any sphere, like, let it be from the young scientist, let it be from, you know, the tug of war, let it be from the under sevens. When you mention competition, let it be from the score, you know, within the GA, as in SCOR now, yes. within the GA and all that. It's all about the winning mentality and that comes across. And you can say the same thing in a lot of things in life. You know what I mean? Some people are content not to, but when the competitive edge comes out and, you know, does anybody, you know, want to be second best? You know, Grant, it is great to get your silver medal at the Olympics or whatever else, but it's really about the gold. And and the same competitive edge strikes. And I think what happens here is a lot of people, they'll eventually find their own level in any sport. And I think we want to be very careful to divide bullying from what's going on. I think if you're faced there like, you know, as a school teacher tomorrow morning or as a mentor in any team tomorrow morning, you know, and you have 35 pupils and they're there, you know, let them be males or let them be females, you can only field 15. What are you going to do? Are you going to pick the 15 worse? Sure to God you're not. Let's call it spade a spade. You're going to try and win. Pick the, the 15 bits. You'll give as many as you can a game. And I think that's why the blitz comes in and that's where the blitz... Some people are natural at their sport. Some aren't natural at their sport. There's an awful lot of flaws mm. in all of this. But still in all, there's an awful lot of good work being done. Right, and, and some of what came out was the notion that it's needless to say it's all volunteers anyway. Yes. It's some parents who volunteer end up with uh, the, making a choice about whether their own kids should be on the team or not. And in some cases we heard that that was the case, uh, even if their skill level wasn't 
wasn't up there with the best of them. That, that is true, but you'd also hear stories then, Fran, that, you know, people dropping off the child like on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock and they're buggering off downtown doing the shopping. We, we heard about that too. And it's a babysitting, the, yeah. It's the crash. Yeah. And I've also seen like cases, you know, where a young lad is picked, you know, to go in for, you know, county minor trials or under 21 trials or something and he's put down by his club as a forward and when he's going in, the selectors pick him as cornerback so they'd play him off the panel rather than onto the panel. You hear all these things going on, going on, going on. But the reality of it all is I think at the end of the day when competition enters then you have to try and pick your best lot. Like, is there any point in telling the misfortunate minor team in, in County Offaly this year that they were damn good, but we just bet them? But they were damn good, and they were good, down fairness. Mm. But, but I, I, I suppose the real story is the guy, and I'm saying guy deliberately, yes. the, the guy who goes, he's first at all of the training sessions, he's there, he'll do anything that's re- required of him, but he's left off the team and not even put on for the last couple of minutes. But you see, like, you know. it's very hard, it's very hard to... Uh, explain that maybe to everybody because at the end of the day do you put on that guy if you're two pints up do you put on that guy if you're a pint down and you're trying to win it what do you do right do you just put on joe for the sake but, of putting but on joe? Is, is the winning ethos, is that the wrong thing at that age i suppose is what I'm i asking. don't think i don't think i'm not too sure at what age you stop right that. okay and, and because i'll tell you because the, the competition enters like there's under 10s 12s 14s 16s but i think they brought in blitzes to change that, to, to yes. give people, to give everybody yeah, a chance. I'm not, I'm not sure that it's working. Um, yeah. Let me call on the teaching experience once again, if I could, Noel. Um, how do you make decisions like this in a kind of... Well, I suppose, yeah, I was involved with St. Mary's Hurling Club yeah. as, as juvenile secretary. Uh, so I was at the cold face of a lot of those decision makings uh, and, and observa- observing also many matches on the sideline. Mm. I suppose one of the good initiatives the GA has brought in over the years, is, uh, the last couple of years, is what's called the goal Go games, games yeah. uh, which allows people to be subbed in and out. There's no such thing as a limit to the That's number That's only in blitz, though, isn't That's it? That's only in blitz. Uh, you see, you don't have competition competitions now until under 12s and if you look at it from the like in a game of hurling there's 150 skills believe it or not in a a game of hurling when you break down the whole skill set so so some people as Joe said naturally have the skill level especially maybe if the hurling is in the family the father is out long before they arrive in the pitch Uh, the kid has grown up nearly with a hurley in his or her hand Uh, but People will develop at different stages and even you see it in teaching while there's milestones you reach at certain ages. Some people are a little later arriving at those and the key is to keep the level of engagement so that that opportunity arises for that person to develop. But hurling is, or, or any sport is more than just about playing the game. It's about the camaraderie. I, I see my own sons who were playing with St Mary's and, you know, they're friends from the time of the group mm. they started out mm. with. So it's as much about that as about playing on the field. And, and Joe is right. Once competition comes in, the kids themselves will want their best 15 out on the field. They will, but uh, we heard about kids who were damaged by all Oh, yeah, and the, the exclusion and... Yeah. Um, you know, one of the statistics is you'll have, a lot, you'll have a high level of participation up to about 12. And after that, then, you know, 
teenagers are reaching the stage where they're saying, well, no point in investing time in this. I'm not going to make it. Mm. Uh, so there is that balance. And then sometimes you have parents on the sideline who are trying to live their dream Absolutely. through their kid. Yeah. And, and they're the kids that I used to pity on the sideline and seeing them often humiliated by their own by parents. Their own parents. By and their own parents. Stories of not, that, by like, a, not by and a And have coach. you seen them? Because we heard stories I have, that. yeah. I have seen it. And, Telling uh, them they're useless. Yeah. You know, that's sad. What's that doing to the young person's uh, confidence? And like uh, what I would say to any parent, if, if uh, there, there's a sport for everyone, and if you find a particular sport your son or daughter is involved in is destroying their confidence, why keep pushing them on that? Find something else. The key thing is to keep young people active. Mm. And as I said, there is a whole. But you see, when you say find something else, that's fine. But yeah. the trouble is, their friends are probably. Oh, they are, and and, and, and you know, in you fairness, know. particularly as they get nearer to the teenage years, friends are the key factor. Absolutely, uh, yeah. and and uh, they want to be associated with the club not just because of their passion for the game, but because that's where they meet their friends, that's where they make memories, that's where they yeah. share stories. So a club has a huge responsibility in creating a culture of inclusivity. And I suppose the biggest challenge for any clubs, particularly clubs that are growing, is to have enough of personnel to do that and enough of personnel to notice the kid who's feeling excluded. Yes. Because often a coach is so busy doing the training or getting ready for the match. You need actually somebody right. on the and side. The, and they're volunteers as well. Yeah. Phil, uh, uh, as a mum, uh, like what... what? What are your feelings? I, I would say everyone reaches their own level, yeah. being yeah. honest with you, because I know my lads used to go to, you know, the summer camps they yeah. used to put on. And um, now neither of them absolutely shun mm. on, in, in any term of sport. And I look at them now in their 30s, and Alan Prendergast could row for. He he has won very senior events. Mm. He can run marathons. He can cycle for whatever he can do. Luke is the same over in, in England. He he runs nearly every day. He, he they're they're sporty in their own way. They find their, their level. Own, yeah. There wasn't an element I never noticed, but then again I, I, I was busy, I suppose, when my kids were, sure. were young. Um I never noticed that there was any exclusion. All I knew is that the boys were happy. Mm, um mm. Luke was with Bannaclon Mella, so he used to go off and do his his practising with them. Mm. Alan would have been in the rowing club and he would have been down and doing all the stuff that they do. And there's an awful lot more to different sports than just going out mm. and playing on the field. There's all the training. There's all the, you know, the sideline work. There's all the grunt work. There's somebody has to wash the jerseys mm. because they're after falling 90 times into the mud, <laughs> the mud bath. But there's, there's a whole lot more to sport and the whole element of it it is the camaraderie, as Noel has said. Mm. It is the, the, the whole, the setup. But there are kids that no matter what you do, for whatever reason, they may not just get it. They mm. mightn't just get it. Mm. Ju- just and in terms of ability, you mean, Phil, Of ability. They yeah. mightn't get it. Mm. Or they mightn't know what what is required of them. Right. Like, we would know, or, well, I will exclude myself from this, even though I'm from Kilkenny, we're born with hurls. Poor pet. Um, <laughs> very dangerous me on the field as well. Well, welcome, to the, well welcome to the home of hurling. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> but, um, like, there there was, there, there's a whole lot of element about um, positions and where you mm. play on the field yes. and what knowledge you might have. And some kids don't get the big picture no. because they can only mm. think 
they think there's the goal I need to try and get past that fella that mm. fella that fella to get to the goal I need to score I need to do it there's a whole lot more involved in it people hand-eye coordination is going to be a thing mm. eyesight is a thing right um, hearing ability is a but, thing. But do they not need, and I, as you know, I'm not a sporty, but do they not need game time to develop those skills? Yeah, but there's, there's, there's. I think there's systems now, and mm. Noel would be much better to answer this because he's mm. actually so recently from a school. You would know what goes into yeah. well, um, you see, allowing your, game your, time. Your coaching sessions are that uh, game time and, and training and the blitz as well. Uh, what I never understood about um, coaches on the sideline we'd say often you would meet a team you're beating them out the door and back again you couldn't lose if you tried and very often I used to find it extraordinary that they would leave subs on the sideline absolutely on the sideline when there was an opportunity there to afford now, them now why a is that the case because that has come up time and time again yeah, this week uh, well you see there's two there's two approaches you can take to win and the winning mentality at all costs you know and you'll sacrifice everything to make sure you you shine so much that you, you dazzle people or there is the winning where everybody wins um, at the same time I would have to say there's a culture that has crept in the last few years that nearly everyone has to get a medal now the right. kids themselves know yeah. They have their own ranking order. What are we doing? So it has no value. Is well, that what, what are we mean? doing to human development? And I used to often say in dressing rooms afterwards, um, you know, a team had come in, and I used to, I used to say to them if they were crying or upset, particularly when they're younger, mm. uh, lost a game. I said, "That's a good sign to you, lads. That means it mattered to you out there in that field, and you now know the pain of losing." And there's an old saying: sometimes you have to lose to win one. I was just talking to a killer one man last night. And I was actually with him. They, they were in the All-Ireland Club Hurling Championship in 1986. I was above in Crow Park. That's 30-plus years ago. They're in a county final uh, this year, above in Turles, in two weeks' time. Imagine, 36 years later. So, you know, I think GA and that's mm. the sport I'm familiar with, and I'm sure all sports, they are great uh, learning schemes Mm. to be involved in because you have everything in life there you have to to stand up to people you are having to share you're having to let others go before you Mm. you're having to face loss you're having the joy of winning and you know all of life and and, uh, Joe I take on board all of that but we got an enormous amount of people involved in this conversation and all of them with the same story but exclusion about you know prioritisation of certain kids and you know, that, that's very real. It is, it is very real. And I suppose you can understand in a way where it's coming from. And yeah. you, you really can that, you know, that there Joe isn't going out and getting his game time or he's getting this and he's getting that. But at the end of the day, like when you look at it, like and the, the two lads like are, are right, like everyone finds their own niche. Like let this be in 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 block laying, in carpentry, in mm. presenting programmes like mm. yourself, in any everything right across the board, they find their own level, they find their own. This is part of human development as as children are growing up. I think the participation is huge. And I can see the point whereas if they can't participate, you know, if they can't get on the field, how can they participate? But at the same time, where do you get that balance right then with who's naturally good and who's mm. not naturally good? Now, when mm. you look at the point that Noel has just uh, raised lastly there, you know, if you're, 
you know, five twenty-one to one two up. Mm. Why on earth, Almighty, wouldn't you take off the five best and yes. bring on the other five? You know, why the, the article that? in the Irish Times that was yeah. exactly the case. Yeah, like that, that makes no sense. Yeah, that makes no sense at yeah. all to do that. Even if you only brought him on, if you were to be sure, to be sure, and brought him on for the last ten minutes, that yes. you couldn't be yeah. beaten. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that makes no sense. But it depends, then, you see, on the mentality of the coach. It depends on the mentality, you know. What yeah, I'm, as Noel said, you want to win in a dazzling fashion. Yeah, then, and he as could have, like, just the old coach got a bit of baggage too with the other club from historical baggage, you know. Could I, could I just say as well, I think you were saying you got a huge response. I think uh, part of it is as well, and I've seen it in clubs around the county, uh, you can have favouritism, you know. Oh, you're from a hurling family, and it, mm. even though you mightn't have inherited the hurling skill because of your name, or should we have to put It'll him be on? there, yeah. Um, and, you know, what I would say to parents like that get involved in your club mm. get on that committee and raise those issues and raise the awareness because very often clubs because of their history don't have that awareness mm. uh, even though it may be done at national level it's not there at local level you need to make your voice heard uh, there's no point in complaining right, but the again, uh, again the reaction we got was that if you if you do you're even more ostracised yeah I know and they're, they're worried for their kids but yeah. they're probably not the only parents they'll discover yeah, when that's happening I but I, 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 I can certainly see uh, where that's happening but the other thing I would say to you I'm, I'm thinking of one particular individual that uh, when I was a juvenile said Secretary, he was involved in. He was one of those guys who was never going to make the first team, make the team, uh, be on the first fifteen, and he would often get uh, in a, at the end and so on. But he is still with the club and uh, participate. And I always admire, I particularly admire those players. And, and the reason I admire them, if you if you take the long historical view, very often in time they will become your club stalwarts. Mm. They mm. will be the people who will manage the field, who will uh, maybe help uh, with the support of a team, organise the jerseys, the flags mm. and so on. A, a, a GA or any club is a community and it, 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 it cries out for people to play a variety of roles. So so it's in the interest of any club in terms of growing to nourish everyone that comes oh. through that gate. And the task and challenge should be to find out what do you shine best at. Right. OK, let me take a break. We'll be back with our panel in a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Welcome back to our Friday panel. Kitty was uh, on to tell me that uh, the golden oldie, as she describes her, uh, Kitty Coffee in Melview Nursing Home in Tlamath, 91 today. And uh, say a big hello to her and a happy birthday. We've been delighted yeah. to do that indeed. And uh, we wish her well. And I hope she's spoiled rotten at Melview uh, today. Um, the final one uh, today, the whole business of the Ua up the Ra, because that uh, video circulated on social media showing the victorious Irish women's soccer team celebrating in their dressing room after the game, game singing that uh, line originally, of course, from the Wolf Tone song, the Celtic uh, Symphony, the Sky Sports News presenter. Rob Watton uh, also came under fire on uh, Twitter for asking the soccer hero Chloe Mustaki for an apology and uh, offering uh, that she should be educated as well. Phil, what did you think of all of this? First of all, the ooh-ah up the rabbit. I thought it was a bit of a storm in the sea cup <laughs> because, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't think too much thought went into 
a choice of song. I think they were absolutely over the moon yeah. at having won and getting through for the first time ever to a World Cup. Mm. And I honestly think that that tune is relatively catchy. I don't think anyone had any misintent um, or, or a, putting a meaning that simply wasn't um, on it. It mightn't have been the best choice. What did they do? They apologised. They showed dignity in their apology. Mm. And I really and truly think it was completely blown, overblown entirely. Mm. And did you have any issue at all with um, how it was dealt with from a Sky Sports point of view, for example? Well, I think there was a kind of a nerve there. I don't think they would have done it if it was a crowd of yeah. fellas they were dealing with. Being honest with you now. Um, and I just felt that it, it was a, it, it's not his place to look for an apology. Mm. Um, it's not his place to interpret what it was that they sang. Yes, and, and to, I genuinely to advise around education. Absolutely, as well. and I mean very patronising and condescending, yeah. really, yeah. to say that you know you should educate yourself. He should educate himself. Mm. Um, it was it was a, a, a very brash sort of an interpretation of something that, look, took a bit of a shine off the fantastic achievement yeah. that they did. Um, I think they knew that. Um, certainly their their manager was very quick out of the traps to say girls out of order Fear entirely. Upon, yeah. And um, I think she did that and there mm. there's no less. I, I heard the tone of the girls being interviewed. Um, they apologised. What more do people want? What more do people want? The irony, of course, Noel, is that the song is now number one in the Irish charts. Oh, so. if you wanted any better way to promote it. <laughs> the royalties <laughs> are could, rolling the, in the royalties, the wolf tones are singing yeah. all the way to the bank. Uh, look at, I mean, Jesus, music and song. I mean, if you get so politically correct, I mean, when uh, who sang the Galty Mountain by when Tip won in All Ireland? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, one of out, the players. I just yeah, come out, ye black and tans. Yeah. yeah, come out, ye black and tans, and all those other songs. Mm. Uh, they're capturing stories and moments. And okay, I can see the point that people who had been traumatized by the troubles in um, the north mm. uh, would feel aggrieved that the IRA were being put up there in a pedestal and so on. But the context context of that song in terms of what it was written for is a very different context. Very different indeed. But, uh, like, I'd agree with Phil, like, these girls achieved something fantastic. And in another age, that would have never made the news because it would never have emerged out of the dressing room. But Mm. because somebody videoed it and it put it out... That's the sad thing. That's the sad thing. I mean, if you looked at that video and forget about the words of that song just the joy in that dress Absolutely, yeah. and, and I'm sure the IRA yeah. never crossed anybody's mind in no, that dress room. No, it was no. up but the interestingly, as an anthem. Interestingly, yeah. I, was at, I happened to be in Trinity College uh, in, in the Freshers' Week and I was strolling and all of the various sporting organisations and groups had their stands there and the political parties. But interestingly, the Sinn Féin stand was the one most of the young people were gravitating and engaging. They, I, was, I was there for about an hour, but they had a higher level of engagement than any of the other political parties. And in a way, if you look at it from a youth perspective, uh, youth always like to stand up against the status quo and standing order. So you, you can see that, and I can see that happening in the next election. Uh, Sinn Féin will capture a lot of the youth vote, and I'm not speaking for any political party here, but 
Young people are fed up with the way things are being ran in this country from a housing point of view and a whole lot of other crises and are looking for somebody with an alternative vision. And whether you agree or disagree with Sinn Féin, they seem to be putting it out there. Whether it'll translate in reality is another thing. But it's, you know, mm. something that's different attracts people. And that song, in terms of its yes. tune, had a lovely... And actually, in the last five factor, or ten yeah. years, I know as young people are reverting back to the old ballads. Ballad yeah. groups are mm. booming Folk again groups, in places. everything yeah. like that. And, and songs that are catchy that people can join yeah. in on. And that's what that song was. <laughs> and in terms of women's sport, because women's sport has been a second-class citizen. Uh, my future daughter-in-law plays with the Leash team. And mm. I was shocked to discover, even though they won the All-Ireland, they get no expenses mm. for travel to their training, but anything like but that. But you're only a few years ago the women's soccer team yeah. had to give back their kit. They had to give back the their the kit. And when you think of the scandal that emerged out of the uh, Irish Soccer Association and the amount of money that was squandered and yet women never benefited from any of that. So women need to be upheld here and, and uh, women's yes. sport need to be promoted. And one of the things that's shown even in GA and other sports is there's a huge hunger now for women's sport. And it's actually, I found it, I'm not a soccer fan, but I found it a very enjoyable game to watch. Mm. The ball wasn't just staying in yes. one place. And now most. they're filling stadiums again, which which yeah. is very important. Joel, your, your thoughts on Ooh, uh, up the yeah, I thought um, a lot of thoughts on that. No, I'm trying to tell you, it was. Um, I thought it was ironic to say the least that a couple of years ago, when a certain TD got elected down in Waterford, oh, yeah. it, it was David Cullinan. David Cullinan, yeah. yeah. It was. Um, there was ooh, uh, about that as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a totally different context. Yes. And here we are now, like you know, saying in a different side of the kind, saying you know this. I I didn't think there was any harm in it at all. I think it was it captured the moment of pure joy and pure excitement. It was brilliant. Bit ironic as well, though, that you know that you had um, uh, the person like Vera having to come out to do, to to condemn something that she probably knew nothing at all about anyway in the first place. You know, <laughs> she's Polish, is she? She's, she's yeah, Polish, well, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. she had to come out and said it. So uh, all that kind of stuff. But I thought though, that that the comments out of that comment here were absolutely atrocious. Like yeah. talking about talking about education. You know, like, let's look at the other side of the page, you know. Mm. In my lifetime, we've been all, you know, any time an English team came to this country, it was always, you know, God save the Queen. Yeah. And for the most part now, for the most part, there's always one, but for the most part, we honoured the yeah. occasion and we, we stood in silence and we did this and that. So now, will that change now to God save the King? Mm. Or if we start, somebody sings now, God save the Queen, are we talking about the dead in a, in a different light? Are we mm. doing something totally outrageous altogether? This is all nonsense. This is mm. political correctness gone stone mad. I thought it was damn ignorant out of the guy to turn come along and there's no other way to describe it and say you need to get educated. educated. Like what so kind of a jackass? What well, kind of a jackass to do, yeah. do yeah. that? Like, yes. And even so. if you look at it, this is the history teacher in me, if you look at the colonial brutality that the British have inflicted around the world in, in various people, apart from what we know of yeah, the Irish one, yes. um, you know, the, the English themselves have a, have a very poor knowledge of the colonial history apart from the peace that yes. they of the coast we conquered the world. Only the other night I was watching a thing I I, I wasn't too aware of it on the opium wars yeah. in, 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 in China. Oh, the British what, introduced heroin. Which was, you know? They, they yeah. introduced yeah. heroin into China, China so yeah. that they could get yeah. silver to mm. pay for tea to come yeah. back home. To. Mm. But, but yeah. I think though when you look at it I think the sad part I'm not sure if it's sad or not because I think you know this has produced something magical you mm. know because the whole place are talking about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, so if you look, so, if you somebody the made the point this morning as well that when the girls are playing next time round again, the whole stadium is going to rock with ooh, uh, up Vera. And, and, and 
sometimes and they, the, they yeah. will and they will it'll be Vera <laughs> um, and the other side of it is somebody in innocence I am sure recorded that yes. and yeah, let no it doubt, out yeah. mm, and no the doubt. misinterpretation of their joy in that moment yes. was interpreted in a way that look was showed never it was ne- that was never the intention mm. of it never ever um, no. but, and I think the worst part as Joe and, and Noel have both said is that the, the commentator would address the girls in that patronising and yes. condescending yeah. fashion who did he think he was. And yes. what I what I think was fantastic, Fran, which is missed, you know, that goal that was got by a Donegal woman. And you know, and they remember they remember the people in Creaseland. Yeah. And, and so, it was I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. That was a lovely that dignified was a lovely moment. moment and in a, in a yes. week of great sadness we yes. also had a moment of great joy which right. I and think it was, lifted it the was nation. instantaneously yeah. done. Yeah. It was Twasn't completely Immediately special. after the game. It wasn't rehearsed. It wasn't thought about. It was an absolute a guttural mm. reaction. Yeah. And, and it was uh, beautiful to yes. see. And when she went yes, along like, and, and you know, hit the nail on the head by saying her grandparents were from Crease that mm. she spent yeah. a lot of summers in Crease. Mm. You couldn't make it up like. You know what I mean? This is incredible stuff. Like on on the week that was in it and on the events that what happened but it just goes to show I suppose the other side of the kind too which we haven't mentioned is um, you know Sky Sports are sponsoring you know the, the team yes, to something the tune what's reported is like 100,000 you know and of course which is small potatoes really which is small it? potatoes yeah. but of yeah. course they'll come in with the big hand and say if you don't behave now Joe will pull the purse yeah. strings do you know what I mean and they're coming out of this kind of rubbish which is it, it's a pity and it's fair credit to the Irish for winning and getting through and qualifying for what they did. Absolutely. Well, there we must leave it uh, for today. But thanks to Phil and to Noel and to Joe. Excellent panel, as always. Thank you. Emma produced. Um, uh, Stephen is on the way. And I'll talk to you on Monday. Look after yourselves in the meantime. Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.